Welcome to another episode of the Renegade Detroit Investors Podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy Burgess, professional real estate investor, permaculture and urban farmer, curmudgeon, skeptic, and Kelly Williams agent. What is Renegade Detroit Investors? RDI is a local real estate investment and business group that meets monthly at various locations throughout Metro Detroit. This group is about networking and doing deals. This ain't your grandma's Rhea, folks. No sales from the front ever and no smell of stale coffee, been gay, and or disappointment. You know what I'm talking about. RDI is also this podcast where once a week I sit down with interesting and successful business people getting shit done, and I pick their brain for your entertainment and hopefully education. And if you haven't already, please go rate on iTunes. Uh, if you're going to give me a shitty rating, reach out and let me know first. Maybe I could do something better. But if you're going to give me five stars, which I highly recommend, I would really appreciate it. Um, this is how the, the whole thing works with iTunes. That's where most of the listens come from. And how you move up in the standings is being rated. So I really appreciate it. Also, if you could share it and give it a like, I really appreciate it. Go to renegadedetroit.com if you have any comments, questions, or suggestions. If you're interested in attending any of the local meetings, go to meetup.com forward slash Renegade Detroit Investors or facebook.com forward slash Detroit Investment Club. You can hit me up on Twitter and Instagram at Jeremy Burgess, and I'm on Snapchat at Jeremy A. Burgess, and always youtube.com forward slash user forward slash Detroit Wholesalers. All right, legal disclaimer. It's the way to the world, folks. Don't blame me. In no way, shape, or form should anything that I and or my guests say be taken as legal and or investment advice. We highly recommend that before you make any investment decision or decisions, you contact a lawyer an attorney, and or other licensed professionals. Being an adult, don't fucking sue me. All right, time for the Renegade Joint Investors Show Quote of the Week. I try and pick a quote that sets the tone for the podcast and hopefully your week. And this week for Brad, I got to pick one of many. Go as far as you can see. When you get there, you'll be able to see farther. J.P. Morgan, go as far as you can see. When you get there, you'll be able to see farther. That's by J.P. Morgan. Let me introduce you to my guest today. I already forgot to say his last name. Brad. Tasha. Tasha. Fuck. Sorry. <laughs> you and Patayak or whatever. Oh, my God. The hard uh, ones. Yep. Welcome. Welcome to the list of me not yeah. being able to pronounce names. So, <laughs> Thanks for having me. All right. He grew up in Oxford, Michigan. He graduated from General Motors Institute, Kettering University in Flint, Michigan in 2000 with a bachelor's in mechanical engineering. He's married and has three kids. He started an engineering career in 2000 and progressively moved up in position and responsibility to an engineering manager. He is currently a program manager for automotive supplier Brimbo. Did I get that right? Yep, that's right. Brimbo, right? Yep, you got it. All right, so his real estate projects, he purchased a primary residence in White Lake in 2008 as a foreclosure and rented out his old primary residence in Madison Heights. Calls himself an accidental landlord. First intentional rental was a three-bed, two-bath house in Waterford in 2011. Added three more in Waterford from 2012 to 2014. And then he bought his first apartment, 12 units in Monroe, Michigan in 2015. Then he bought 12 more apartment units in Monroe, Michigan in 2016. And is currently in due diligence on a 63-unit apartment building in Lansing, Michigan. And his goal is to retire from his day job two years from now. And he's looking into real estate syndication and home inspecting. Welcome, Brad. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks. I'm looking forward to have you on the podcast, man. 
Yeah, me too. Looking forward to it. So you were one of the first people that was recommended as like a sleeper podcast guy, right? Oh, yeah. I had several people go, you know, you should have on your podcast. You should have Brad. Uh, He's got this cool story. So I got um, I got a little inside info, but let but let's let's start in the beginning because you're kind of like a you're a square guy living a square life, <laughs> doing the true. corporate thing. Yeah, right. Still um, am, and you still are, right? right. True. But a little birdie told me that you got started on the, was it the Dave Ramsey? Is mm-hmm. that correct? What, well, yeah. how'd you get started in this? The Dave Ramsey part? No, just, to, yeah, go back as far as you want to go. Yeah. Um, well, the Dave Ramsey part, uh, it was to get on the same page with my wife about finances back in probably 2010. And I think the program's great to get on the same page with finances. So, you know, there's putting the budget together, there's the, uh, the cash system, you know, you're buying your groceries with cash, you're going out and buying dinner with cash. Not putting on the credit card, right? Exactly. And it's so easy. Anybody can follow it, right? When you're, when you don't have any cash in your wallet, you stop spending. So at the end of the month, you're pinched every month. Um, you're able to save, save that way. You're able to pay off debt that way. Mm. His debt snowball program works great for knocking out debt you can't beat it okay so what was uh, it about it that appealed to you or you, so um, you, you were trying to bridge some gap between you and your wife and some sort of yeah, understanding? getting on the same page yep. yeah so before that um i was always interested in finance type of things i'm an engineer by background so yeah i like my spreadsheets i like, <laughs> I like, I like my numbers that, that's your square excels your uh, that's your that's your playground right? exactly yeah. exactly yeah. exactly so um and we listened to the all the classes and um, his, what is it, his 13-week program back then. I think it's nine now. So we were paying off debt, saving up. Um, it was really working well for us. Um, then, so we were really rolling with it. We ended up paying off our house wow. through, through the program, um, you know, setting up college funds for our kids and all that. And then uh, we paid off our house in about... See, that was it's about three and a half, four years, something like that. Paid it off pretty quick. That's pretty quick. Yep. And then we paid it off and uh, learned some other things about learned about leverage a little further, uh, how it can really can be your friend if you're good with it. And uh, I'm like, why did I pay off the house? <laughs> yeah. So uh, we missed a lot of investing through the through the downtimes because we were putting the money at our mortgage. Yeah. You know, we were putting three or four grand a month on the mortgage to pay it down fast. Yeah. That's a lot on the mortgage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You did not make your lender happy. No, no, <laughs> this is true. But what was that interest rate at, by the way? Probably four and a half. Something yeah. Like that. Yeah. You, I bet you, well, you could probably pull it out now, right? Did you, did I did. You, yeah. I you did refinance. All right. Yeah. Good. Good. Yeah. yeah. That so. equity is now apartments. <laughs> so how did you become an accidental landlord? Okay. That's Cause that good. sounds like that's kind of what really got you in mm-hmm. the business was you were happy doing your corporate thing. Mostly. Mostly. Right. Yeah. And oops, now I'm a landlord. How'd that happen? Um, it wasn't completely accidental, but I've heard it put that way many a times. So, um, we found this foreclosure back in, at the end of 08, uh, fantastic deal in White Lake, um, nice colonial house built in 97, but it had holes in the floor. You could see into the basement, had holes Ooh. in the wall. Um, there was a kitchen in the basement all ripped out. Just the house was really, really beat up. Uh, but it was a fantastic deal. 
Um, so we bought that and we were probably 20, 25 grand underwater in our house in Madison Heights and, uh, thought, okay, we can rent it out for 200, 250 positive cash flow, or we can write someone a check for 20 to 25 grand. And I just couldn't pay someone that no, much I don't money like that to idea. not make 200, yeah. 250 bucks a month. Just set money on fire in your exactly. backyard. You can exactly. have, you can enjoy the light and the heat, right? <laughs> exactly. It just didn't make any sense to me. So, um, I call it accidental landlord, but we knew we were going to rent the place out. Um, we actually still have the same tenants in it <laughs> today. Wow. That, uh, that moved in in 2009. Um, so it's been a really great rental house for us. Now we're probably plus 25 in equity on it. So, you know, that would have been a terrible, terrible move to sell it back then. Well, you'd never been a landlord before though. Have that you? was the first right? time. That yeah. was the first one. I had, I had a couple roommates over the years, friends that was, I don't really call it a landlord, but <laughs> they were, they were living in my house and paying me rent. <laughs> But you didn't have any signed leases though or anything no, like that. No, yeah. They just, were friends. Yeah. Show up. Exactly. Give me the money, man. Yeah. Show exactly. me the money. What was your experience like working on your first rental? How'd you go? Cause I, I find well, usually there's some um, stumbling, right? Yeah, there, yeah. there was. Yeah. Um, so walk was, us through that. It was my primary house. So I took pretty good care of it. I didn't really have to do much to get it rent ready. It was, it was already there. So it was just a matter of going and finding tenants, which, I didn't really screen that good, honestly. So that, that was, uh, how'd you find your tenant Craigslist? Mm. So I interviewed probably five people or five families to live there. Um, you know, I, I did do, I did call their employer. I did a background check, but, um, that was about it really. Oh, I, no, I did talk to that old landlord. I guess I did a little bit better okay. than I thought. Did a little bit, a little bit, but, um, yeah, I, I wouldn't say it was uh, professional by any means. The other ones were just so bad. <laughs> this, Did they shine? Yes. Why didn't yeah. you hire uh, property management? What made you decide to do it yourself? I didn't know anyone. I didn't know anybody in the business really. Um, I didn't. I didn't have any good contacts. I asked a few people, but um, I didn't didn't know a good one to go to. So tried it myself. All right. So pretty lucky. Yeah. How'd you, where'd you get your lease from and all that? Um, a friend of mine, uh, that I used to work with, uh, at an old company. He's, he had some rentals. He said, here, I had a lawyer write this up. You just use that lease. Yeah. Is that still the lease you're using or Uh, with them? (laughs) So still making that mistake, I guess, but it, it was pretty decent. Yeah, probably. Uh, they're still there. They're still paying. Right. Mm, True. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. That's all you really need to worry about. Um, exactly. At what point did you decide that real estate was going to be going to be your ticket? Because I have it on very good authority that you are very encouraging and that you're very driven and and you have a goal. Something like you want to write a book about uh, how you got forty thousand hours of my life back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when when did you know real like real estate was something you you wanted to pursue? Um, I would say probably the 2011 time frame is when it started kicking in. That's when we bought that first intentional rental that I call it in Waterford. Intentional rental. Yeah. Yep. So I went in buying it knowing that it was going to be a rental. So I had the numbers all crunched out. It was a killer deal. Um, you know, at the time we bought it for 72 grand. We were running it for 1300. We only had to put about five, five grand and in work into it to make it ready for rent. You know, I wish I would have bought 
A hundred of them. Oh, yeah. If I can go back, right? 2008, 2009. Well, why so long between your accidental rental and your on-purpose rental? Uh, we were really focused on, on our house. Uh, you know, it was that foreclosure that you could see into the basement. Yeah. So we were, we were really focused on uh, getting our own house and our own life fixed up. We had our first daughter when we were... It was 2009. Okay. So we were busy with a new baby. We were busy fixing our own house up. Um, you know, the economy was pretty shaky. So really thinking back, uh, took, took some guts on our part to even buy that water or White Lake house. Um, and we had a lot of money to, to put into it too. Worked out nice, but yeah, you brought a, brought up a good point. Um, cause that 2010, that was, that was things are still a little scary in 2009, right? Yeah. And so automotive, you know. Yeah. Um, people are getting left off or laid off left and right. I my job, I was laying people off. So just stressful and we had uh, some unpaid leaves in there. Um, you know, it was a unpaid leave. Isn't that a nice mm-hmm. way of just saying don't come back? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean it was uh you have to take 6 weeks off in this time frame um over the next 3 months or something like that. And you could kind of pick and choose you're fired for six weeks that you want right. for the most part exactly <laughs> take some unpaid vacation yeah that that is that is scary how did you um how did you convince your wife to do that uh, it was kind of a stretch yeah no doubt uh, her family thought it was nuts um are you sure are you sure about this and i'm looking at the numbers this is a slam dunk you know the yeah what they want you to do um i don't know 401k work till you're 70 and treasury bonds probably yeah 1.2 percent <laughs> yeah it's not gonna it'll, do it'll it. pretty good yeah right? yeah so um you know it's just kind of out of the norm you know most people don't do it a little nervous Be like we already got one we'll do more mm-hmm. how did you convince her just the numbers or um she trusts my uh my numbers and um you know i've, I've read books and books and books on finance and uh, investing, you know, good investment stuff, bad investment stuff, um, you name it. Uh, trust, I would say. And, yeah. Uh, well, the reason I ask is, and why I wanted to have you on the podcast besides your recommended is a lot of people, they have regular jobs and they don't think they can do something like this because they have regular jobs. Mm-hmm. Or the thing I hear a lot is, my spouse is not on mm-hmm. board with this. So this is why I like to ask these questions because sure. people are sitting, they have a corporate job. Well, I can't do this. Um, or their spouse isn't on board. They can't mm-hmm. do this. So uh, I like to ask these questions because, hey, you're a corporate guy, mm-hmm. engineer, and yeah. you pivoted. You still do that job, but mm-hmm. yeah. you decided to do something completely different yeah. as well with your time. So, True. so you just read a ton of books and then presented a case to your wife like, look, this is what we need to do. Yep. Networking too, right? Yeah. yeah um, when did you start networking? Probably yeah, 2010, 11, the MREI yeah. club. It was the first one I was in. So met some people there. Um, you know, kind of went from there, but yeah, at the beginning it was harder to convince my wife than now. Now she sees the cash flow coming in, and oh yeah, at the beginning it was uh, it was harder. She didn't see the vision as much as I did, but um, kind of proved myself as I went along, and um, she definitely helped as far as uh, you know, valuing my time. 
you know, I was doing everything at the beginning to not hiring anything out, you know, the property management, fixing the toilets, uh, you know, someone's broken something at the rental house. I'm often fixing it. So you're doing everything. So I was a handyman. I was, uh, I was everything. Did you do the rehab too? Uh, yep. Damn. It, It wasn't a, it wasn't a huge rehab, but, but yeah, I was fixing the, uh, the sinks and the toilets and yeah, you what, name it. What were you thinking? Like you're just trying to save money or Sa- trying to save money. Um, I didn't know any good contractors either. So I was nervous about that. Um, both the cost and finding a good contractor. Um, my dad was an engineer too. So he, you know, to fix a house, he knows all the ins and outs. So he taught me pretty much everything I knew about that. So, okay, I'll put my skills to use. Didn't really realize it wasn't the best uh, paying or best uh, best place for my time. No, no. Yeah, cause how many hours a week do you work at your professional square job? Um, 40 to 50. Yeah. And back then it was it was more. So you're trying to keep your job, <laughs> right? So it was 50, 60 back then. Yeah, they probably suggested it, by the way. Mm, you should work a little bit more if you mm-hmm. like this place. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Everyone was nervous. So. Do you, obviously... Um, you have to let some people know what you do. Do your bosses know what you do or uh, I don't hide the real estate? Uh, the fact that I do that, um, you know, people ask me about it. I'll tell them everything. So no, I don't hide it. So you weren't concerned that they would find out and maybe get rid of you or hire someone else. Cause this is another concern people have, mm-hmm. right? Like yeah. I've asked some people to come on the podcast and they're like, I would love to, but mm-hmm. I don't want my boss to know about, that. about the real estate. So, yeah. How did you decide to disclose your, your real estate investing? Um, I guess I don't tell most people about uh, trying to be done with it. <laughs> <laughs> so you but, leave that part but, out? I'm out of here in two years, boss? Yeah, yeah. I do leave that part <laughs> out. But um, yeah, all the bosses I've had have been supportive about it. Uh, some old bosses of mine said, oh, this is great. I don't have to give you a raise. You're, you're making your own raises. I'm like, oh, come on now. <laughs> yeah, that's like a crazy yeah, yeah, No, I would still get the raises, but they would joke about it. Um, and pick my brain about how do you do that? Mm. So no, uh, everyone's been pretty supportive of it. Mm, that's interesting. It's a diff- different take on it. More people seem to be afraid that if their boss found out that it would be bad for them. Did you mm-hmm. have, did any of those thoughts cross your it mind? It crossed or? my mind, but, um, I, I've always been open about it. No reason to hide it. Yeah. I don't if you want to know so about too. it, ask me and I'll, yeah. I'm an open book. Well, this, this behavior escalated quickly though, right? Cause mm-hmm. you kind of went from what, 2008. Is that when you became an accidental landlord? Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. End to, of 08. Yep. Then three years you're like, okay. And then you buy in 2011, you buy three more. There's like bam, bam, bam. Well, so yeah, at the beginning there we were, uh, we were paying off the house and we bought a rental a year about. So, um, we were, Starting to ramp up a bit, you know, obviously. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Okay. So 2011. So one a year. That was, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yep. Did you do it all cash or you save up 20%, put it down or what do you have? Uh, 20%. You? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So 20% per, and, uh, I kind of followed the, uh, the Gary Keller model, the millionaire. Let's talk about investor. that. Yeah. I saw that was on, on your, your book. Cause mm-hmm. a lot of people think you have to buy, fix, flip, mm-hmm. wholesale, and they just ignore what some time can do. Yeah, right? exactly. Exactly. Right? So so explain that a little bit for us. So uh, his model, uh, you know, you're buying houses. Uh, he's got a nice curve. 
Uh, but for this area, I would say it was 70 to, I don't know, maybe 140 is kind of the sweet spot of rentals where it's the lowest maintenance uh, houses and the lowest maintenance tenants. Um, biggest bang for your buck. Uh, better areas, you know, than a $10,000 house somewhere. And the, the higher end doesn't cash flow as well. So it's a good combination of cash flow and low maintenance appreciation. He's got a really awesome graphic in, in the book that overlays all of those together. And this is the millionaire real estate investor, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. That so is a great book. Yeah. That yeah. really resonated with me that particular, okay, I'll focus on this type of rental. So those were the type of houses I was trying to buy. And, uh, it's worked out nicely. Like cash flow is nice. Uh, maintenance has been pretty low. That's, that's a cool thing about the plan that he laid out is you don't even need a significant discount when you do that mm-hmm. model, true, right? True. Like I noticed that for people listening, this is a big tip too. I noticed um, less so in Clausen now, but still in St. Clair Shores, you can literally almost pay, you could pay fair market value with 20% down and still have cash on cash return double digits. Mm-hmm low double digits and your return on investment with financing be high double digits. Exactly. And people completely discount time. They mm-hmm. just if you did one of these a year for 20 years, you'd be fucking set, man. Exactly. You're done. No you no it. no fix and flip. No, it's just you can go out and a lot of people talk shit about having a job, but there's some advantages to having a job, right? Mm-hmm. True. Getting Easier loans, for you to get yeah. financing, mm-hmm. loans. You can put 20% down. Save up faster. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's really discounted. I know it's not sexy. Hey, work really hard. Save <laughs> exactly. 20%. Buy a house the best you can, but close to fair market value mm-hmm. is fine. Target something that's not going to be a pain in the ass to do where the rents are good and you get a double digit. ROI and then do that every year until you retire. Exactly. I guess that book's a little tough to sell, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not it enough, is. not yeah. enough sex on that exactly. one. You know? Yeah, exactly. But, but it's a damn good plan. And mm-hmm. so you start stacking these things up right. one a year, right? Mm-hmm. So did it take you a full year to save up to 20%? Uh, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, how'd you get your wife? Like I keep coming back to this. I want a little bit more. So mm-hmm. honey, I want one. Okay. Honey, I want two. Oh, I want one a year, honey. Like, mm-hmm. how did that be? How did you convince her to yeah, do that? That's a good question. Yeah. Uh, like I said, she's super supportive, um, but somewhat skeptical that it could get me out of corporate world too. So um, each time we would buy one, uh, I'd have to do a little, uh, you know, I'd put a small, uh, like a PowerPoint together. This is what one does. <laughs> this is what another does. This is what another. And uh, she would buy into it and, uh, I think she always thought it was a pipe dream to actually quit my corporate job. You know, said, uh, by the time I'm 40 or roughly 40, I want to be done with this. And, uh, okay. Okay. Uh, also she's su- super supportive. Go for it. Um, yeah. the cash flow is coming in to prove that it works. Um, you know, starting to get some systems down so it doesn't, uh, it's not interfering with our life quite as much, you know, even though it's not, that much. Yeah. But. Cause you had three kids too mm-hmm. during this, yeah. which by the way, folks, if you're listening, you're running out of fucking excuses really fast, right? <laughs> <laughs> Corporate guy mm-hmm. got married, 
had three kids, stacked up a bunch of houses, paid off debt on a house, mm-hmm. financed a bunch of other houses. I don't, I don't know what you're waiting for, folks. Got to yeah. get out there and do something. So I like you put together a whole PowerPoint. You did a sell mm-hmm. job on it, right? Yeah, exactly. Look, they had like the sailboat at the end. Or the, <laughs> what, what was the? There had to be something. I'm imagining something at the end. What was? It, I mean, it was. Uh, we need this much cash flow to uh, quit comfortably. Mm. This is how much each one house gives us, and. Uh, you know, I put a picture of the house and nice picture. Uh, <laughs> I know, love it, dude. Uh, I to, love it. Try to make it somewhat interesting. The numbers. Do you are still boring, have right? that? Yeah, I do. Dude, I do. that's awesome. Would you mind sharing that with me yeah, at some sure. point in time? Yeah, sure. Definitely. I would love to see it because I could use some help in the wife convincing <laughs> department, honestly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it don't... works. I mean, uh, there's no question it works. Oh, I, I love it. But at some point, houses weren't enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> You started, um, you started networking. Um, what made you decide apartments? Uh, a couple of things. The, the areas I was investing in, the prices were going so high that the profit wasn't as much. You know, when I first started, the principal pay down and the cash flow was 30 some percent return, something like that. Yeah. Which compare that to stocks and that's uh, huge, man. Yeah. And then that compounding, like you're talking about. Yeah, explain that a little bit more for for people. You're the you're the engineering type. I did kind of breeze through it real quick because this is where the sexy part comes in when yeah. you apply a little time, right? Exactly. So, you know, you look at stocks with a eight to ten percent return. Uh, you look at that and then compare it to something with a thirty percent return. Your money grows just insane. Uh, I mean, where stocks a hundred grand will turn into two hundred in ten years, let's say. Uh, that same real estate method you're a million or more so it that compounding compounding at that rate is just unbelievable yeah but time isn't sexy that's mm-hmm. like oh no, you just lose weight not. get in shape It'll only take two or three years Pfft, fuck that yeah, sit on the exactly. couch get fat i'll just keep racking up the credit card bill <laughs> same I don't idea yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exact same idea uh joe says um i know he gets this from gary keller or someone like that the peep because he tells this to me all the time jeremy you constantly overestimate what you can get done in a day mm-hmm. and underestimate what you can get done in a year. Exactly. And I think we all kind of fall prey to that, right? That's, like, uh, that's one of my favorite uh, yeah. things to remember. I saw that on your on your list of yeah. quotes too. I almost went with it, but I was like, man, I like this JP Morgan quote a mm-hmm. little bit better. Sure. So uh, I went with that. Um, the problem with that is it's hard to sell humans on. Yeah, just be really responsible and take a little time. Right. End of story, right? Uh, it's kind of scary though. How do you... How does one go from houses to apartments? Because they're not the same. Mm-hmm. Financing's not the same. No, you, you can't comp them the same. The knowledge is not the same. Yeah. Some things are the same, right? Yeah. A sink's a sink, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. But that, that's kind of a big jump. Yeah. Uh, what kind of got me into apartments was uh, that group on here that I put down, Lifestyles Unlimited. It's a real estate group out of Texas. Um, so it's REI. Same as, uh, you know, ones locally here, but they really focus on apartments. So they do single family houses too, just to kind of get people started and get their brain around uh, rental real estate. But they have a lot of training on apartments and, uh, you know, they're in Texas, so I'm doing everything online. They had a nice, really nice two day training. It's a 16 hour two day training that they do live in Texas, but they, uh, do it over the internet too. And they just show you the 
the power of apartments, um, meaning like the value add, you know, cap rates, those type of things. So, um, you know, you increase the net operating income on an apartment by hundred grand. You just made the building worth another million dollars. Yeah. And those numbers, people have a hard time wrapping their head around. Um, but once you can actually see yourself doing that, uh, the money is huge. Yeah, because commercial real estate is bought and sold based upon a capitalization mm-hmm. rate, yeah. right? So, and if you increase your net operating income, then you increase the value about tenfold, not mm-hmm. always. Um, yep. What what cap rate did you guys decide to start targeting? Um, we had no idea, or I yeah. had no idea, right? So it was uh, just crunching numbers on deals that are on the market. Um, this is couple years ago, I told myself that I want to analyze 50 deals before seriously going after any. Damn, analyze 50? Mm-hmm. So you actually went through and analyzed 50 deals? Yeah. so I have 50 spreadsheets of rent and expenses. I need uh, to hang out with you more, man. <laughs> it, it's not exciting. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't need it to be exciting. <laughs> yeah, but it works and uh, it, it makes serious money. How long did it take you to analyze 50 deals? About... I would say six months. Dude, you're methodical as fuck, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Do you have a checklist for everything? Uh, mostly, yeah. Dude, yeah I see, do. I do need to hang out more with you. <laughs> I'm great in the massive action and really bad on the documentation mm-hmm. and following a procedure. Thing. Organizing. Yeah, you just, yeah, I decided I'm just going to do 50, analyze 50 deals. Yeah. Six months. Yeah. Not so, sexy at all. No, it's not. It's not. <laughs> so, um, and the finance model that I, that I used came from that Steve Burgess book. Uh, what's it called? Complete Guide to Buying and Selling Apartment Buildings. Yeah. Um, he does a great job of explaining how to analyze apartments. So you highly recommend that mm-hmm. book? Yeah. For apartments, that's fantastic. Did you get that off uh, Amazon? Mm-hmm. or Okay. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. I'll put, I'll put the link. Yeah. yeah. God, I love Amazon. Yeah. so easy to buy off that. Mm-hmm. I will put the link in the show notes because obviously it worked, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That $15 is a pretty good investment. So. I made some bucks <laughs> on that already. Well, that was one thing I noticed too is, and I got a little, um, I got spies, Brad. So some people told me, n- gender neutral, some people told me <laughs> <laughs> that um, you do a fair amount of reading before mm-hmm. you do anything. I do. So yeah. So if you have an idea, you don't just go do it. Yeah. I research the crap out of it. Yeah. Then I go do it. So walk me through research. So you're researching apartments. You do this group in Texas. What, what about this group in Texas appealed to you? Um, the, uh, the president of the company, Del Walmsley, he's got a podcast. It's, it's a fantastic podcast. Yeah. What is Check the podcast? It it's yeah. just called lifestyles unlimited. Podcast. Okay. Dude, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, yeah. Lifestyles unlimited. Don't keep yeah. talking. I'm gonna yeah. look it up right now. Check it out. It yeah. is fantastic. He is so motivating. Um, you know, he's owned thousands of apartment units. He's worth millions. He's, but he's so motivating. Um, he motivates you to action. He, he does the two day training. So he's the one walking you through the, how house renting works, how apartment owning works. And he really focuses on you being the owner, not, not working in the business, right? You're an owner. Um, so you're supposed to be running the systems, not plunging toilets and stuff, right? So well, it, it's a fantastic podcast. Yeah, so he doesn't want you to be an owner-operator. He wants you to hire that shit out, yes. right? What's the Lifestyle Podcast? Life- Lifestyles Unlimited. It looks like a little uh, like a little globe with some headphones on it. Dude, I, I cannot let life, because I want to sell these things, man. 
Yeah, definitely. Life styles unlimited. Like that. Okay. But yeah, it's fantastic. Um, I got it. Yeah. Okay. So, folks, if you're looking, (laughs) it's like I don't know. Is that a world? No, it's a radio tower with uh, headphones on it. They only have 41 reviews. That's crazy. Yeah, I don't think it's all that. uh, I mean, it's not huge. I'll put this in the show notes, folks. It's um, it's Learn Real Estate Investing Lifestyles Unlimited, and it looks when you're looking at it on your iPhone or I don't know if it's on SoundCloud. I'll look and see if it's on SoundCloud too later. But it kind of looks like it's a blue ball with like a radio tower mm-hmm. and it's got uh, headphones over the top. So I'll put it in the show notes too. But if you're kind of finger fucking your phone right now, like I just had to, <laughs> that's what you're looking for. I'm subscribed now good. too. Yeah. Go subscribe to this. Cause is that good folks? Let's it, make sure um, we got to make sure we support these good podcasts. If you want them to stick around, it's so. really good. And uh, really it's a radio show. So it's, uh, I don't know, he's on probably 500 stations. Oh, that's big time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, so he is big time. So, yeah, yeah, they're, they're pretty big. I think the I think the group has 16,000 members, Oh yeah, something no, like that. Yeah, that's big time. Yeah. There's probably seven or eight in Michigan. So I've met up with most of those guys. And, you know, um, the, their idea is how many years is it going to take to retire? Five to seven is what they kind of advertise. And they say most people can replace their job income in five to seven years. Hmm. So, and then, uh, you know, the fact that rental real estate income is mostly tax-free with depreciation or tax deferred anyway, uh, most people don't take that into account. So if you make a hundred grand at your job, you're really only taking home 65, 70, something like that. Worse if you're in California, right? Yeah, Depending exactly. on the state could, you're in. Yeah. yeah it could be half in California. Yeah. Or, that could be worse too. Look at these people we elected. It could be even more. They want <laughs> even more true. of your money, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah, Just, that's another thing too about stocks versus real estate mm-hmm. is the tax. Uh, yeah, they don't like talking about eight to ten percent. Not really. Mm-hmm. Not when you take in long term capital gain. They just nom nom dividend nom nom. They yeah. just always like got their All hand in it. your pocket, right? All over it. You're more like two or three percent after everything's said and done. Yeah. So you do this lifestyles thing and you get this book. Mm-hmm. How long did it take? And then you analyze deals. So from the time you started thinking about apartments to the time you bought your first apartment, how long was that? Well, the um, millionaire real estate investor book kind of s- tiptoes into apartment investing. It says most investors eventually go into these systems and it shows uh, some boxes on here's five houses, here's 10 houses, here's 20 houses. But most investors eventually go to apartments and they show little people inside this big box. That's yeah, Monopoly, building. right? Yeah, exactly. So they kind of walk you through that. So that started uh, started me thinking down that a little bit. But um, I don't know. I would say probably sometime in – I read that book as I was investing in the houses, so 2011, 2012, something like that. I think that there's a little spark there. And then uh, I took that uh, – apartment investing training probably uh, I'll call it January of 15 maybe something like that okay so, so you you got after it mm-hmm. yeah yeah so then how I much started, was that training uh, it was uh, 500 bucks dude that's it, fucking nothing so worth it yeah, yeah that's nothing yeah change your life for 500 bucks okay <laughs> I, I've it's a little embarrassing. I've spent more on that on a meal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I only got to enjoy that once. So mm-hmm. 
Wow. Okay. So that's good. I think I'm going to go check this out. So and to convince the wife on that one to uh, put together a PowerPoint. <laughs> I should have. I should have. Uh, I want to spend 500 bucks on this. I think it's going to be worth it. I think it's going to make us some money. And yeah, yeah, go ahead. But I'm like, ah, that's 500 bucks. It seems like a lot at the time, but it was so worth it. So worth it. So then you're a, a member for a year and they've got a hotline that you can call on any kind of rental questions, whether it's houses or apartments. So I, I called that a few times and uh, way worth it. Way worth it. Mm, that's interesting. So that's the, and then it's $250 a year to be a me- to stay a member of that. Um, or they have some, some big dog categories, uh, you know, where it's three grand, five grand or 20 grand even to be, uh, uh, to have access to their apartment syndications. <clears throat> they have a lot of people that do apartment syndications, but I, I haven't been able to, wrap my head around uh spend it 20 grand so yeah. it's that, i don't know maybe when you have maybe when 20 grand's like 500 it yeah, won't be maybe, so bad maybe, right <laughs> maybe um i mean uh syndications is something i thought about in my future and uh if i do that then i i don't know i might consider it but i mean i know a lot of local people here that would probably invest with me but um down there you have a huge network um, so that 20 grand is giving you access to all of their people who are trained in the same systems that I have been Okay. same mindset. Um, just want passive income, you know? Uh, so I would be the asset manager and you know, there, there's really good money in that. So that, I don't know. I just haven't been able to no, it's a little different. On did you? Um, I don't know if you listened to the Dylan Borland podcast Mm-mm. I did. All right, go listen to that one. He's where he's actually doing his, um, Second, oh, um, okay. yeah, he, yeah, it's kind of it's like hedge fund kind of it's it's a mix, but he he raised um I think it was first round was thirty eight million and now he's working on a hundred million. He's doing right here in Michigan's the Borland Group. I think it was two episodes ago, episode wow. fifty. Wow, I will check that. Go out. listen to that. His contact info is there too. He's cool as fuck too, man. You can reach out to him. Nice. He's a he's like a real dude. He's like a street guy. Wow. And he's just very, so he, he might, you might be able to save yourself 20 grand. And talk to him. He, <laughs> he could at least get you some books and get sure. you started. Cause yeah. we get, st- you get you started now on some yeah. books. Something tells me in a couple of years, yeah. we call it the, the Brad syndication, right? <laughs> Sounds good. All right. So January of 2015 mm-hmm. and looking right here, it wasn't that much longer till you went and found yeah. your first apartment. Walk me through your first apartment deal, man. So, uh, the first one's in Monroe. Uh, the first one I, Anyway, I looked at a few um, in the area that people just wanted crazy high prices for, and that's still the case. Uh, and what would you consider crazy high cap rates? Like seven. That's yeah. too. That's too. Uh, so really, a low cap rate is bad for an investor, right? Yeah. So um, the ones we bought were about eight point seven five, uh, but they're fantastic. They're they're built in. From 2006 to 2009, there's four buildings right there. They're basically condos. They're 1,250 square feet apiece, two bedrooms, two baths. The buildings are beautiful. Um, the the funny thing to me about it was the the marketing pages. It was on LoopNet. You know, everyone says you can't find a good deal on LoopNet. Yeah, right. Um, it was the worst pictures I've ever seen <laughs> in my life. They they were uh, they're not too far off of Telegraph. They were on Telegraph, the back of the buildings. Um, I'll show you some pictures. Like, yeah. They're really good looking buildings. 
the worst angle possible. There's an overgrown field in front of it. Oh, what were they thinking? So no one was asking for the financial sheets, which had some really nice pictures included in the, I guess, uh, the second brochure. There was a really, the brochure everyone gets, which looked terrible. And then the one that, uh, after you talk to the agent more, like, oh, okay. Uh, these are really nice. Um, you know, they rent, rent was pretty high. Um, Nine fifty a unit, something like that. Um, paid about seventy grand a door. Um, I couldn't make those numbers work in rentals in the area anymore where I was at. So that helped convince me. You know, you're getting a bulk discount, kind of right. Um, so that that deal in particular, I really liked the cash flow. Um, there was some opportunity to increase the rent on some of the units. They were down at like eight fifty. So the the compounding of units is is huge too. So you add, so you aver- average fifty dollars a door more times twelve, right? So six hundred a month, seventy two hundred a year, right in your pocket. Yep. So that also increases the cap. That's uh, increases the cap rate. Mm-hmm. And if you want to flip that mm-hmm. at a lower cap rate, right? So now it's worth more. It's putting more cash in your pocket. Um, and and really these were. I didn't have to do anything to them. They just got new roofs because of a hailstorm. They they're not that old anyway, but um, these are, there's really no maintenance. <clears throat> they're separately metered for electric and gas, water. That's exactly what you want. Yeah. So not yeah. this. Oh, I, I, I like a breeze in the winter, but I like the heat too. <laughs> Window all the way open. Exactly. That's what happens. They're when paying you, for it. Yeah. So, hey, go Let ahead. them do it then. Go You're ahead. on your own meter. Yeah. <laughs> not ahead. on my dollar. That's right. Um, for, for those listening, so what a lot of people do is like apartment turnarounds, right? Where they will buy something that is like half full or two thirds full mm-hmm. or full, but under rented mm-hmm. or, and or full, but under rented and needs updating. Yeah. Or significant updating. expenses are really high. Like on the one that we're buying right now, expenses are 70% of collected rent. Oh my God. They should be down more like. 55. Yeah, at most, right? 50 to 55. Yeah, the, this one, uh, the landlord pays for heat. So, yeah, I would say 50 if you don't, 55 if you do pay for heat. <clears throat> but, yeah, the, so there's huge opportunity. If you get the expenses down where they should be, boom, you just uh, exploded the value of the building. Yeah, that's so exciting. So, mm-hmm. folks, net, just remember, if you're thinking about apartments, net operating income, mm-hmm. you want that higher. Yeah. And when you're looking at things, if you see an opportunity to get it higher, that means your cap rate goes up, mm-hmm. which means you can either sell for more or and or make more money. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of so just remember net operating income. That's all your rents minus all your, you know, most of your expenses. Yeah. Um, Except the mortgage. Yeah. Yep. Before the mortgage. Yep. So. But uh, yeah, it's it's amazing what you can do or you can cash out refi. <clears throat> you can if you can add value like that, you can put, say, put 100 grand in. Increase the value of the building, similar amount. You can take your hundred grand right back out, keep the cash flow, go buy something else. So rinse and repeat. Mm-hmm. So or, basically, you got a good deal because was there an agent involved in this? Mm-hmm, there was. Yep. Who took shitty pictures? Mm-hmm. Yep. My God, you, you guys hear me ranting about this picture shit all the time. That's a big deal. Yeah, especially wholesalers. Mm-hmm. Take good fucking pictures, folks. Right. If you want to make more money or make your clients more money, increase your commission. Sell faster, you name it. Take great pictures. This mm-hmm. is a perfect example. So you you snagged this off LoopNet 
because of a shitty agent yeah. taking shitty pictures. Yeah, I'll show you the pictures. Good. Uh, they're, That's they're, what I said. Good. Little yeah, fist bump right there. <laughs> they're terrible. They are. Yeah. It's, that's all it takes sometimes. Like, oh, I could never find a good dude. Just look. Everybody yeah. goes blowing past bad pictures. So that's like a little sneaky little mm-hmm. trick right there. Yeah. Get on LoopNet or get on Real Comp, look for the shitty pictures, yeah, then go I, I look at a, it. I bought a couple of rental houses that way too. I'm telling you. There's money in bad pictures. <laughs> there is lots of money. Maybe this will convince people <laughs> to take the time to either hire a professional photographer or slow down and take some really good Absolutely. pictures it's yourself. A big deal. Yeah. I mean, everyone's researching on the internet, right? Who doesn't now? Yeah. So you First say a picture tells it that we're living in the time of the picture, mm-hmm. right? We're probably going to be in another 10 years. It'll be time of video. But right now it's like mm-hmm. the time of the photograph. Yeah. And I can't tell you how many emails I get Buy this house from me four pictures from real comp mm-hmm. and snow on the ground in July. I'm like what picture of the trees in the front yard. <laughs> They're blurry. <laughs> can't even see the house. Yeah. Like, what am I looking at here? Exactly. So, um, all right. So would you, what did it feel like going through buying your first apartment, scary. right? The first one was scary. Yeah. Uh, we paid, uh, what did we pay? Eight fifty, So 20% down. That's yeah, a lot so, of money. Yep. So it came out pocket 170 or so, 175, something like that. He has a lot of money. Like, hey, honey, I'm going to go put all this money <laughs> in this building over here, okay? Mm-hmm. How do you feel about that? Right. She didn't even see it before we bought it. Wow. Uh, she didn't even drive she, by it? She, no. She's hands off. The closing is when she saw it the first time. So she had to sign a couple documents on at closing. So she's a trusting wife. I was going to say, boy, she, well, you did stack up a lot of wins before you got to the mm-hmm. apartment yeah. too, right? So you weren't going in cold. And I was showing her pictures and trying to show her the cash flow. She usually falls asleep in the numbers part. <laughs> <clears throat> but, uh, but yeah, she, she saw them and okay. Yes. If you think it makes sense, I think it makes sense. How long did it take you to buy it? Um, I found it probably in August or September, something like that, with some negotiation. We closed uh, roughly December 1st. Yeah. That's still pretty quick, actually. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Usually it's two to three months, I would say, once once you have a signed purchase agreement. Any hiccups on the financing or what do you have to do to go through with financing? Um, so I think if, I feel like a lot of people feel this shit's unattainable mm-hmm. and you're really just Mr. Mr. Midwest, mm-hmm. right? Corporate job, corporate yeah. education, just automotive. Yeah. Right. Just getting your learn on and saving money. Right. There's, mm-hmm. there's nothing special about you except doing it. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's why I keep asking these questions. Like why do you keep asking? Funny, uh, it's not funny. something special, right? Yeah. It's nothing. No single piece of this is that hard. Yeah. You know, you just have to learn how to do it. Talk to people who have done it. Um, the financing really is not that hard. If the deal makes sense, they base most of the uh, decision on the deal a little bit on your history. And do you, you know, they think, do you know what you're doing? Um, and my rentals were enough. And then uh, I also had a good property manager, uh, Josh Sterling. Yeah. So once, you know, he recommended uh, a couple lenders to me. So I interviewed three or four lenders. Um, you know, what are your terms? What are your conditions? Try to convince them that the deal's good, that I'll be successful with it. You know, and Josh definitely helped um, with with his experience, you know, with all of his apartments. And um, he had loans with the bank that I went with, too. So uh, in this particular case, Monroe County Community Credit Union. So they do great business loans. Um, 
you know, super great to work with. Um, but I tell you what, once, once you uh, find a lender that's decent, getting a loan on these is easier than going and buying a hundred thousand dollar house. That's what Josh said too. The paperwork is so much easier. Um, the business cases right there that, yep, makes good sense to us, but buying a hundred thousand dollar house through, uh, you know, getting chase for a mortgage or something like that, um, is so much harder. It's the amount of paperwork, the hoops that they make you jump through. Um, it's funny how, you know, you can get something 10 times the value and okay, piece of cake, <laughs> let's do it. Um, it is, it's a different world. They just, yeah, just hand it to you. Okay, here you go. Have mm-hmm. a nice day. Yeah. And to me, the paperwork of real estate is one of the hard parts about it. There's just so much paperwork. Yeah. Leases I'm not a fan. And mortgages and, um, you know, you name it, insurance, taxes, taxes. yeah, oh, all yeah. the paperwork oh, for yeah. taxes. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. So, um, anything that simplifies that to me is a, is a big win. Do you do anything special when every time you buy a new unit or anything like that? Or? You know, when we, uh, when we were first doing it, we'd go out to dinner or something, nothing, nothing too huge. Um, no, not nothing. nothing uh, you know, it, right. it became more, uh, just everyday normal for us at some point. So yeah, I don't think the yeah last apartments now <laughs> pretty, pretty boring. Well, then you moved on to more units mm-hmm. this year, yeah. right? So you stacked up 12 units last year. That's, mm-hmm. That was a loop net deal. Yeah. That was a, we call that fucked up picture deal. Yep. So if everybody listening to fucked up pictures, maybe that's a wake up call for yeah. you, right? Hope so. They yeah. left a lot of money on the table. How much do you think that should have sold for, by the way? Uh, I don't know. Um, I, I think I could have sold for probably an eight cap. So the difference between that, closer to a million. Yeah. I would say. Yeah, that's a big difference. So pictures, hundred thousand dollar pictures, maybe I don't know. Yeah, something like that. Hundred thousand dollars because somebody, <laughs> I hope that keeps somebody up late at night. It probably yeah. doesn't, unfortunately. No, These people so. have no idea, right? Because mm-hmm. what is that? Three percent, or I don't know what their commission would have been. Might have yeah, been. Yeah, exactly. I think it was it was five or six. Man, you know, because I went to the listing agent, right? I didn't have a bad agent. Bad for the seller, bad for the agent. Good for Brad. Mm-hmm. Good job, man. Yeah. Way to sneak out yeah. a deal. So then you decided, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna buy another one. You you must you're probably always looking, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So so always be looking, right? Yeah. Um. So this was these were the units next door, which uh, the it was the same owner as the first building. So we were closing on the first one, and we were talking about the ones across the street. Uh, the problem was that these two. So these are uh, they're my first two were two six unit buildings. So um. So that was the 12, two, six units right next to each other. Um, and then, you know, I had already been talking to the owner of the ones right next to it. It was the builder. So I, I bought these from the builder who bought, who was, they were building these in the downturn. Right Got in the stuck. Of the downturn. Yeah. Yeah. Rents were, weren't high enough to have a good enough cap rate for them to get the money they needed out of it. Um, but so we were talking about how can we buy those ones across the street? Well, they were tied into this subdivision. This guy was going to build 23 of these buildings. He got through three and a half. Yeah. Well, means, short. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. So the, the cost to build versus rents just didn't make any sense anymore. Um, so, and I say three and a half because there was another building that was operating just like mine. And the other one is just the frame. 
So it looks like it's complete. The roof's on, siding's on, bricks on, doors are on, windows. Looks like it's done, but it's all studs on the inside. So that was a problem. So they're only 50% occupied. Plus there's 15 acres of land uh, right behind it that's tied it into the same mortgage. So we worked with the owner and the uh, the real estate guy, and they did a short sale. So the mortgage holder wrote down, I don't know, a few hundred grand for them, something like that. And we were able to split off the apartments. The guy still owns the land. Ah, the okay. Builder. So we were able to peel off, peel off those two apartment buildings. And we're in the middle of renovating that building number four right now putting so it's going to be like a new apartment building inside um there were no there wasn't any flooring it was just studs no heating and cooling no. dude that's crazy that's yeah. a big ass rehab then right it is uh, and that's how many that's six that's six, six whole just, units yeah. just six units but it's still over 300 grand and yeah <laughs> yeah it's it's a pretty big rehab isn't it a different loan too you gotta do that with cash loan. or you gotta get a construction we, loan yeah. yeah um yeah surprisingly we were able to get a a pretty good loan on that. So it's a construction loan interest only for a year. You know, we think it'll take probably six months to get it up and running and filled. And then, uh, then it turns into a, a more conventional business loan. Hmm. So we take a little bit of money back out at that time too. So they make us have a little more skin in the game at the beginning until it's, uh, operating. Right. That's probably pretty smart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> yeah. A little hard on you, but you know, it's motivation. Yeah, exactly. Finish, so they want to make sure you get it done. How long did it take you to negotiate that deal? Uh, it was really the mortgage holder trying to convince them to short sale, you know, saying that it's all worth however many, I don't know. It was a few hundred grand that they wrote down, something like that. And this guy just wanted out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's like, I'm he a did. builder. I'm not an apartment owner. Exactly. He's yeah. building single family houses right now. He's making a killing on them. So he said, I want to keep building houses. So, and this thing is choking me to death. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he's really motivated to sell it. Yeah. Yeah. So he, he was losing money all through the downturn, you know, the taxes on that, all that land. Yeah. That's bad. Um, so he, he just wanted out. He wanted to go make money and what he's profitable in. It was really his dad was the builder also. His dad was really running the show at these apartments and he inherited them. And so it was his mess to clean up. Oh yeah. So well, that's perfect situation right that's there. That's unintentional landlord yeah. too, right? That, yeah. Not in a good way. No. He's bailing. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Let me out. Yeah. Cash flow bleeding. Uh, so you got to be the hero in this situation. Yeah. Everybody, everybody wins. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, that's, that's amazing. Uh, how long before these apartments are up and running? Do you think? Um, we just got the, uh, approvals on the permits. So, uh, just a few days ago, even. So I would say three, four months from now, something like that. Yeah. It'll be up and going. Well, I also see right now 63 unit. Mm-hmm. Don't give away any information. Let's be careful on this. Cause there, there could be some sharks listening mm-hmm. on this one, right? And this one's not a done deal, but true. It's under contract. Yeah. Purchase agreement is signed. Uh, we're doing due diligence. Our inspections are on Friday. Okay. Uh, we've been to the property five or six times so far, something like that. Um, so we've seen that the outside, we've done a really, really, uh, thorough inspection outside. Outside's fantastic. It's built in 94. Um, it's all in one building. So it's three floors of 21, 21, 21 units. It's senior living. So it's 55 and up. 
Um, it used to have a tax credit on it. Now it doesn't. I was going to say a lot of those come with some sort of tax credits, right? There, there was a 20 year tax credit, um, which just expired. So we're de- trying to decide whether to keep it or not. Um, it's a pretty big deal. It's 10,000 in taxes a year or 50,000 in taxes a year. It's a pretty big deal. Yeah, but. What would, the, strings on what it, would right? the rent be, right? If, yeah. What would the market rent be on something like that? Um, I think the market rent isn't too far from where they're charging. Okay. So I don't know. We're, the due diligence part of it, we're trying to figure out what they used to charge, what they charge now. Because now it seems like they're pretty in line with market at about 550 for a one unit, 650 for a two. Um, seems like I, I don't think there's a whole lot of rent increase to be had. So to me, it might make sense to yeah, get was, back on that program. I would say get so, it if you can get it, right? But didn't you have to lower the rents, or that's a good question? Where that's the, yeah, okay. Those are the things yeah. because usually right they want to they want to trade the tax credits to get you to provide affordable air mm-hmm. quotes affordable yeah. for somebody. It's about, not for government. About thirty percent of the tenants get credits right now from, uh, you know, I don't think they're Section Eight, but it's uh, is similar programs. So there's some veteran programs. Uh, in there. Um, yeah. So, um, I think it's already, I would probably still considered a low income housing, I would say, Yeah, but it's in a decent neighborhood and, um, dude, there's low income housing. A lot of these condos in Detroit get built and tax credits are going to pop in like 2018, mm-hmm. 2020, 2022. Rents will skyrocket. Oh, huh? yeah. Uh, but but they got millions of dollars to keep the rents low True. for X number of mm-hmm. years, right? So that's why they can do the project. And then everybody's just waiting around to, to flip them and make True. 300, 350 bucks a square foot in Makes Detroit sense. right now for a condo. Um, do you mind doing a general walkthrough with me on kind of like your apartment due diligence? Sure. Yeah, just kind of walk me through like, okay, it's under contract, letter of intent. Yep. So letter of intent is uh, just so high level for people. It's uh, it's almost napkin sketch uh, agreement, right? So it's here are the general terms and conditions of what we're going to put in a eight-page purchase agreement. So it's it doesn't cost anything with lawyer fees, which is nice. So if the deal, if you can't make a deal, you're not out any lawyer fees, which is nice. So you back and forth, get the letter of intent signed. Everyone agrees on the general terms and you set up the purchase agreement. Um, you know, it's just like buying a house, not really much different. You're putting all the finer details of, um, when you're going to close, how long to get the documents from the seller to the buyer, um, things like that. What, what stays in the apartment building? Like, do we get the snowblower? Do we get the lawnmower? <laughs> that kind of stuff. Yes. You want all that yes. stuff, right? Yeah. Exactly. Some <laughs> computers, uh, things like that. Um, but yeah, so in, in ours, we had 14 days to get all the, all the latest, uh, it's called rent roll. So everyone's rent, uh, unit by unit, uh, who's late, who's not, um, you know, how many units are vacant, that type of thing. So you get, we get 14 days to receive all those documents and uh, 30 to analyze them. So our particular one is those are both from the purchase agreement sign date. We've got 30, 30 days to do our homework. And those 14 are part of that 30. So really, we could have 16 days to analyze some of it. Um, you do the physical inspections just like a, just like a house. Every uh, unit? Every unit. Wow. Yeah. Okay. How much does that cost? 
Well, <coughs> you do it yourself or you hire an inspector? Both, a combination of each. So um, along the way, I took some home inspector training. So I got a, there's really no licensing requirement in Michigan. So I have a certification. I have a, pe- <laughs> I have a piece of paper that says, You're a home inspector. I am. I yeah. Am. Call I'm Brad. Certified. 313, call Brad. Yeah, that's right. So, um, you know, I learned a lot through that and the engineering background. And like I said, I was diving in myself for a lot of house housing things. And um, really the room-by-room inspection, you know, you're looking for leaks. You're looking for just physical damage on things. It's nothing overly um, technical. You know, we're having someone come there to look at the boilers. You know, it's a, the hot water heat system of the building which those are really expensive yeah um which is is, these are built or these were replaced in 2014 so we're probably gonna be okay yeah probably so we're having someone test those the roof it was 14 also so you know dude that's perfect yeah so the the high dollar things are already fixed on this place um it's got an elevator it's a three-story so we're having an elevator company come out um, every three years they have to certify it. I think that's just an elevator standard. Learn about these now. I'm, nothing I've ever had to worry about before. Yeah, now you got a little elevator education. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So um, we're having them do this year's certification a little early so we can see if there's any problems so that we can negotiate, you know, them to fix it if an elevator needs 10 grand of work, you know. So um, what else? So you. We're going to have 63 leases to look through, right? Yeah. We have to make sure it matches the rent roll. So see if there's anything screwy or crooked. Like if they don't match, then what's, what's going on guys? Yeah. How often have you, have you run any situation where they don't match or? Yeah. Um, but you know, only 24 units now it was one yeah. or two to, Oh yeah. That guy moved out. Here's the new lease. So PC now you got chased down 63. Yeah. 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 It's a little bit harder. Right. Yeah. So the, and the other ones were legit that, that owner was very, uh, guy with good integrity. So he wasn't hiding anything that we know of so far. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it's been almost a year and he's, he was very, uh, very good guy. Yeah. So where you have to, so everything. So of course I've read some books on due diligence, right? Uh, it's just how I, how I work. Dude, I love it. It's methodical, man. Yeah. So, um, you know, have checklists galore. Did we check this? Did we check this? Uh, you know, things like that. So what about the financing? At what point do you do, do you get the financing lined up before or, or, okay. (laughs) Nope. So, um, basically, uh, in my mind, if you have the down payment, um, and a good deal, these lenders, uh, especially now that I've got some, um, some apartment units, uh, that we own, the lenders take us pretty seriously. And if it's a good deal and looks good to them, looks good to me, we can, we can make it work. Um, yeah, there were even some, uh, so we're trying to nail down our financing right now on this one and the options that are opening up are just, they're fantastic. So there's some Freddie Mac programs. They call it a small loan program which is a million to 5 million <laughs> small loan. <laughs> yeah. I don't know about you, but to me, Michigan like, numbers, man, everybody in California, like what? That's like one single family exactly. home. Yeah. <laughs> Buying apartments, motherfucker. What <laughs> Michigan life, baby. <laughs> I can't believe they call it a small loan program, but I guess they're used to working with the 300 unit apartments. Yeah. Worth 
$40 million. Like peasant. This is barely an apartment. I know. I know. So, okay. Small loan program. Uh, they do 30 year amortization. What? 20% down. Um, you know, four and a half percent interest. Is there a balloon payment or? Uh, yeah, it is. Okay. Uh, pretty much all commercial. Uh, there's a balloon. Yeah, usually. You know, so you're going to have to refinance at, uh, like my first apartments, I did a 20-20, 20% down, 20-year amortization, and it's a 10-year loan. So after 10 years, you're going to have some huge equity. So you're going to be able to refinance it. Yeah. So even if a really big downturn, you're going to be able to refi that. That was going to be my next question. So you build in some, because that is the problem about commercial, right? It's mm-hmm. not like a single-family home for yeah. those listening where it's fixed for 30 years they'll make your payment like it's 20 or 30 yeah exactly but there'll be some balloon somewhere Mm -hmm. between what like seven and ten most of the time or Uh, five to ten five to ten yeah Yeah. that's pretty normal and depending Uh, on where you're at in the market cycle that could come at a bad time it could yeah but you start day one you've got 20 percent equity right so it's got to go 20 percent down pretty fast and with a with the 2020 loan that i was talking about your principal pays down so fast really fast. So, um, I don't know. So the ticket, the first deal, for example, is $850,000, uh, 12 unit. Uh, it'll be down to $350,000 loan at 10 years, something Damn. like that. Okay. Yeah. You'll so, be fine. And at that point it'll be worth, I don't know, 1.2, 1.3 million probably. Even if it's not worth anymore, yeah. you're fine. Say it goes nowhere. Okay. See, this is where the math comes in, right? So then you've got 60, 70% equity and you can find lenders. On- <laughs> yeah, you're going to be fine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And if you want, you can take a cat, you know, cash out refi. Here's 300 grand, you know, finance it just like you did at the first. Go buy some more. Go buy another apartment. Go buy a house. You could do whatever you want with it at that yeah. point. So to me, you know, there's good money in it short term on the cash flow, but holy cow, you look 10, 10 years out, 20 years out, say we pay it off 20, you know, 20 years later, they're paid off the cash flow that those kick off. Oh yeah. That entire NOI goes in your pocket. You're not taxed uh, as easy at that point, but, um, yeah, for those listening, you get, um, the commercial side is it's amazing what you get to to get to write off on your mm-hmm. taxes. You could you could almost always, no matter what, lower your tax return, and they actually let you write off your interest, mm-hmm. and then you get to depreciate the place a certain percentage, yep. Yep. like three point seven something something like twenty seven and a half year yeah. uh, depreciation. Schedule. Do all that stuff. Yep. It's it's crazy. That's that's why. Tax wise, it's a great way to accumulate mm-hmm. capital. Absolutely. Because right? a lot of it's tax deferred. And then when you have to pay it back, it's at a reduced rate too. So, exactly. Yeah. Yep. That's, so, depending on your cash flow needs at the time when the loan's up, you know, you take cash out or you just uh, keep on paying it down, you know, whatever fits your lifestyle at the time. So, yeah, it's short term, nice cash flow, long term, huge wealth accumulation. Yeah. You get to really pile up the money and, I like the way you're doing it too. It's very conservative. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. very well, yeah, because you got a plan, right? Yeah, exactly. Supposedly, so how many more years you got? Two, two. Yeah. All right, so two years from today, or is it like plus or minus? Um, I'm gonna remember. Okay, uh, <laughs> twenty-two months from today. Twenty-two months from today, dude. That'd be awesome. If you do that. <laughs> I think you're gonna do it, dude. Yeah, that's I, the plan. I think you might. You might. You're you're well on your way. 
63 units though does this does this need any rehab or it's pretty it's on a good roof good boiler pretty solid like Um, just paint carpet kind of shit yeah right now there are four or five units that are empty and the current owners are doing the rehab on them um they're they're pretty simple you know they're what are they six and seven hundred square foot units doesn't take very much time or money to to rehab a, a unit like that especially only four or five um but yeah, no, it doesn't need much. So yeah. the, the big opportunity is the expenses. So the, uh, for example, on this one, I'll throw some numbers uh, at you. 400000 per year is what kind of rent you collect. Uh, this particular one was showing something like 290000 in expenses. It should be down closer to two twenty. So you save seventy grand in expenses by managing it better. Seventy grand of NOI. You know, with the cap rate, you know, it's... Yeah, what do you think they're doing? Like, they're just bad, or do you think they're just stealing? But when you, if you're uh, stealing, when it comes time to selling, you're really cutting yourself short. Right. Like, yeah, because they're going to look at it, right? So, so. the big... Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So you're shooting yourself in the foot. Um, they have 92 grand in payroll expenses. On top of the normal, they have 6% property management rate. So on top of that, and on top of a, you know, forty some thousand in uh, maintenance costs, so it's just it's out of sight the payroll. So that's the huge, uh, you know, we're looking really hard right now for a property management company. So if anyone knows one in Lansing that yeah, okay. that they recommend, let me know. Um, so if we can get a capable property manager in there, boom, really quick, uh, that building is is worth a lot more. That's a huge opportunity. All right, folks, if you are a property manager who can manage a 63-unit apartment building in Lansing, Michigan, do you want them to email or call you? What Either you prefer? way. All right, so go ahead and email Brad, B-R-A-D-T-A-C-I-A at gmail.com, B-R-A-D-T-A-C-I-A at gmail.com, or hit him up, 248-881-4570, 248-881-4570. That's a great opportunity for somebody. Mm-hmm. tee it up i'll reach out too and see if i can't yeah, um, appreciate that yeah see if we can't i don't know anybody in lansing but i know a lot of people so yeah definitely appreciate that yeah i'll definitely figure it out it's exciting when do you think um you guys are going to close on this one if it so passes everything september 20th is uh when we're trying to close by it's so. not too far mm-hmm. you got a lot of work between now and then yes yeah how many hours of work do you think you have between now and then oh <sighs> Do you want to count what we've already got into this? Oh yeah, because a lot of this is a difference. I think mm-hmm. a lot of people don't understand. It's, this is a hard work time. Once yeah. you get it running, it's very passive. It's kind of reverse, right? It is. You yeah. do all the work up front, and then you um, get the benefit of it for years and years. Yeah. So I would say, uh, you know, I do uh, some work before work in the morning. I do some at lunch. Uh, you know, after the kids go to bed, a little bit of emailing and whatever I need to do. I would say maybe a hundred hours. Um, and then I'm, I've got a partner on this deal as well. So I'm sure he's got every bit of that. Interest. Yeah. So call it a couple hundred hours to acquire this. And then, uh, you know, all of the next five years, we probably won't have 200 hours into it. So it's all up front. It's get all it loaded. Up and running, get yeah. the systems in place, let the managers do their work as long as they're doing it well. Um, then it's, it's very passive after that. 
Yeah, that's a that's that's the big difference between multifamily and residential mm-hmm. is all the works up front versus residential all the works after you buy yeah. it, right? Yeah. Most of your work is up front on these things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very interesting. Yep. So 22 months from now, mm-hmm. what are you going to be doing then? Because what's uh, the point of retiring, right? Do you have any? That's a good question. Yeah. So there, there's that book that I was talking about uh, or that you brought up, right? Yeah. So I'm going to have – so I'll be 40. So re- call it retired from normal corporate stuff at 40. So uh, that book that I was talking about, I don't know if I'm seriously going to write it or not. You should, so, dude. You should. Um, well, it was 50,000 hours is about what I calculated uh, for how many hours I'd spend at work. And commuting over the 20 years. Yeah, dude, that's crazy. I've never added it up. 50,000 hours. So how I saved 50,000 hours of my life. So what am I going to do with it? Whatever I want. <laughs> so um, I know I'm going to get bored because I, like I like to do things and keep my mind busy. And um, so, you know, the, the real estate syndication is, is definitely one interest. So take all this knowledge that I gained acquiring these apartments, running these apartments, um, well, owning as an owner, right? Yeah. Um, so I can pool people's money, you know, put a little bit of my, my money in their money in, take some little bit extra ownership, a little bit extra cash flow for putting all that together. Um, again, it'll be a lot of work at the beginning, but then you ease off, um, let the property manager do their thing and, uh, you know, bigger deals, right? So buy a state. Yeah, right. <laughs> California, you're sure. next. Sure. Um, you have a huge list of books, right? So mm-hmm. what for somebody who's interested in doing something similar mm-hmm. to what you're doing, how would you recommend they start and where would you recommend they start? Because you're very methodical. You got a checklist for everything. Mm-hmm. You went about this like a campaign. Right. Yeah. You planned out a war and then you executed. Right. Motivated. Yeah. 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 Motivated. Got motivated. Got it. You got a good plan and then got to work. So yep. if somebody was listening, how, how would you recommend they get yep. started? Yeah. I'll run you through it. Yeah. Uh, what really motivated me was that downturn. Right. So the watching people get laid off. Yeah. That's scary um, shit. You know, it's like I don't want to be, um, you know, tied to a company like my whole well-being is tied to this company that I, I'm not an owner. I'm an engineer. I'm uh, you know, I'm just a piece of the machine going. And if that machine's not going well, then I'm gone. Disposable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone says no one's loyal anymore, but the companies aren't either. So watch out for you. And uh, so that scared me into action. So then uh, I started the fairly methodical process so to get started, I would say get a good handle on your finances first because you want to get your expenses reasonable before uh, before investing too much. Um, so the Dave Ramsey plan I still think is a great way to like if you if you have credit card debt and owe money on cars, things like that, I think it's a fantastic program. Uh, so getting your finances in order budgeting, it gets your cash flow in order. So it gets you pretty strong, a strong foundation. Um, you know, I don't recommend people invest in real estate if they have 20,000 in credit card debt, put it that way. Yeah, no, it's like start, start with the basics, exactly. what you're saying, get your financial education yep. and so, fix your life. Exactly. So that super high interest rate, high payment every month, is just sucks away from your income that could be going towards real estate. So I would say 
you know, check out Dave Ramsey um, as far as getting things in order. After that, the paying off the house part, I wouldn't do that anymore. <laughs> so um, Yeah, not a 4.5% interest no. anyway, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Um, so, yeah, yeah, you're making 4.5% on that money, which to some people, oh, wow, it's a lot better than a savings account. <laughs> Sounds right? good to grandma and grandpa, yeah, right? Exactly. That's a lot of money, Shawnee. <laughs> exactly. No, it's not. No, compared to real estate where you're going to make, uh, really, I'm, I'm not happy to, if a deal is under 20% a year. So the cash flow, you know, I like to see over 12, you know, 15%, something like that. Your principal pay down is generally a pretty similar number, another 12, 15%. Um, so yeah, anyway. Paying off the house, I would not do that again. Yeah, it's a lot of capital accumulation, Absolutely. man. Absolutely. Yeah, it just adds up real fast, man. Dead money. Yeah. Another thing I learned along the way is all of your investments, line them up on uh, a spreadsheet, of course, right? Because <laughs> I like spreadsheets. <laughs> that's right. And it's your battlefield. That's right. And put your return on investment by each one of those. Uh, generally, uh, your rental real estate, okay, 20%, 30%, something like that, rental real estate, buy and hold stuff. Um, you look at your house. Okay. It's, what kind of appreciation can you see on that 3%? I don't like counting on appreciation at all, but, um, so if you have 300 grand in equity in your house, it's going up 3% versus put that 300 grand to work at 30% a year. That's a good point. Holy cow. Yeah. So, um, but so you can see where your debt investments are. So now, um, like cars are a really bad investment, right? So, yeah, didn't you have to, uh, did you make a big sacrifice? I, yeah. I, I heard on the grapevine, you're maybe a Corvette kind of guy. I am, yep. And you had to sell your baby. Yep. Right. So out of college, um, you know, got an engineering job, pretty good job. I had a brand new Silverado, bought a couple year old Corvette. <laughs> you know, I'm like, oh, this is fantastic. I've got you living know, the lo- dream. I had loans for everything, right? Like so, a good American. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but, you know, as I started learning more about finance, what am I doing? It's like no one should have over $1,000 in car payments a month. So easy looking backwards, isn't I it? I know. I yeah. know. It was fun. Everything comes clear. It was like a lot looking of fun, back. but yeah. holy cow. Um, so back in 2009, we had our first baby. My wife was pregnant uh, with our first daughter. And, you know, we just bought this foreclosed house. We're putting lots of money in it. And, uh, this, you know, lining up the, um, all your assets, like I was talking about how much money each, each one makes that Corvette wasn't looking so good. No. So <laughs> it was uh, looking really bad. Wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. So I had a good amount of equity in it. I sold it, put that equity to use. So, um, uh, I think eventually that turned into a rental house basically. So, that so was, your Corvette financed a rental house basically. Yeah. yeah. But rest in peace, Corvette. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So that was 2009. Um, Bought another one last year. The uh, so C6 Z06, so a a newer one, nicer one. But did you finance it? uh, No, no, I did not. All cash, right? Yep. And that's the difference. Mm -hmm. So that was what seven years. Yeah. Yep. That's it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that that was my sacrifice. Was uh, I'm a really big car guy, always have been, and but they are such a bad investment, terrible they are. investment. So 
I heard you put Brembo brakes on it too. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. Yep. Welded to the end. <laughs> <laughs> yep, exactly. Yep. All right. So keep going. Sorry, I just had to. I had to get that story in yeah, there. No, yeah. no, that's definitely a good background story. Um, so, you know, basically, uh, you know, look at what what all your money's making, and uh, you know, they they say take the stuff from the bottom and put it on the top. So my car that loses five to ten percent a year. Well, put it on something that's making money. Um, you know, stocks are somewhere in the middle there. I'm really not a big stock fan. Um, you know, even retirement accounts, you know, I've been financing some of this, pulling out of retirement accounts, paying the taxes, paying the fees, the 10% penalty. If you look at a 30% rate of return on the real estate, a year and a half, and I've got the taxes and the fees already back. I hadn't thought about it like that. So now I get the cash flow now. I get to retire when I'm 40, not when I'm 59 and a half, because that's what the government says. And I'm rolling. You have to pay taxes on it anyway, right? So, Well, actually, I think you'll pay less taxes doing it the way you did, because um, you're, was it a 401k you pulled out of? IRAs. IRAs. Were 401ks. They, were like, they tax yeah. deferred or? Uh, somewhere, somewhere. Yeah. So, so I, a lot of, get hit harder on the ones that. Yeah. Are. That's like the sleeping tiger. Mm-hmm. The, the tax deferred 401k IRA, all that stuff where you think you're doing okay and you think you're getting a good rate and you think you're going to be fine. And you don't mm-hmm. realize that there's a burglar waiting at the other end. Yeah. The tax man. Yeah. And it's unknown because you don't know what the tax rate is going to be when you retire. True. This is true. So the they way you're be. doing it, you doesn't matter. You're in the best tax deferred. Basically, you can in real estate, you can tax defer for practically a lifetime. You can. When you die, you leave it to your kids. Yeah. And the basis steps up, the tax is gone. They just, can sell it yep. and uh, no taxes. That's just amazing. So, yeah. So, you, you take a penalty up front mm-hmm. and you're just going to yeah. make it. See, this is another time is not very sexy, but time wins in mm-hmm. this scenario. Big time. Time there. It's a year and a half. It's not even that long. You can make your money back in a year and a half. <laughs> So I think the the fear of loss though, I mean, didn't, okay. So you sent another quote too. the fear of loss. I think really like even you were saying the fear of loss of your job, right? Really motivated you to figure out like, how am I going to take care of my family if this shit hits the fan? Right. Like I, that was really motivating Mm -hmm. to you. Right. So what did you say? Um, all the money is on the other money lies on the other side of fear. It's so true. Yeah. So true. So, so you took a loss. Yeah. Hey honey, I'm going to pull out our retirement. What? Yeah, we're gonna pay penalties, right? So we're gonna have like, what, what was the penalties altogether like? Uh, for the hundred grand that I took out at one point, you know, it's it was like forty five percent that you. Ooh, lose on that. yeah. So, honey, but th- I can turn fifty five into a hundred in a year and a half. It's back. We're back full. We're whole. We're whole. That hundred grand pays us cash flow. For the rest of our you life. shouldn't be an engineer. You should be a salesman. <laughs> I mean, fuck this engineering shit, Brad. You need, yeah. you need to be is a it, salesman. Is it convincing? I'm going to do is first I'm going to lose half the money, <laughs> right? And then I'm going to make it up in a year and a half and we'll be way ahead. It's going to be a great plan. Yeah, trust me. It is a great plan, but that's a hard sell, right? Because mm-hmm. that's yeah, scary. Definitely. Yeah. It's, well, the tax man in the future, maybe it'll be better in the future. It's not, it's not going to be better. To me, the, that lifestyle is unlimited training. It, it cranked through some of those numbers, and obviously I did a hundred times m- myself. Does this really work? Is it going to work? Well, I know real estate works. I'm confident in this return. It's going to come back fast, and I can get that cash flow now tax-free, right, or deferred. For, till I Pretty die. much free, yeah. Yeah, deferred forever, yeah. practically. Yep. 
dude, that's that's still ballsy, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, a lot Fist of people for that man. <laughs> a lot of people won't do that. Like, um, I'm going to lose 45 percent now to get ahead in the future, yeah. but that that's a sacrifice, though, right? Mm-hmm. Just like yeah. the Corvette. Yep. Had to sell the Corvette. Right. A lot had to of take people, the sacrifice. Uh, um, but if you're in a 401k, you can't do that. Your company's got their claws. In yeah. It. You can only take up to 50 grand loan out of it. Um. So luckily for me, I moved around jobs a little bit. Um, in the downturn and, uh, that, that helped me free that 401k money. I put it in IRA, you know, um, so I had full access to that money. Yeah. So, so actually you liberated your money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's an interesting way to think of it. Yeah, this is true. Trick your brain. I liberated my money and there was a cost, yep. but now I could do whatever I want. That's right. All right. So I keep interrupting me. Walk, walk me through your yeah, plan no, again. Good. Yeah. I like these um, stories on the side. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. Yeah. Um, so you basically get your financial house in order. I like the Dave Ramsey method to do that and then, uh, go ahead and I, I, th- I still think single family house housing is a good place to start. You know, even if you only do one or two, um, it helps you wrap your mind around what's happening. Um, I've talked to a lot of friends and colleagues that, you know, uh, the people that are interested, I'll talk to them all day about it, uh, love real estate, uh, what it can do for you. Um, so talk to these people about it. Uh, but yeah, get a rental house or two, um, learn, you know, read books, understand it more, um, see how passive it really is once it's up and running. And then, uh, obviously I like apartments from there. Um, you get a really professional property manager, put it on autopilot, then, uh, build up those chunks of cash flow. So Dave Ramsey's got a debt snowball to eliminate debt. So you have, um, a little debt, say it's a thousand dollar credit card. You work and pay that off. Well, the payment that was going towards that, you put towards your bigger debt. Uh, and any extra money you have, pay that off, and then you snowball it up to pay yeah. off your cars. And um, well, what I'm doing now is a, an income snowball. So you make, so you make a couple hundred dollars a door on this house or apartment building. Um, while well, that compound interest kind of effect, that cash flow you can then uh, put into the next investment the next house, the next apartment building, your cash flow snowballing. So the income from your job plus the income from these rental properties, the income snowball, it's, it really magnifies fast. So just to make sure I understand, the first withdrawal you made was buying a Corvette cash, right? After seven years or mm-hmm. pretty much? Yeah, it was, it was almost paid off. Yeah. So you rolled... Pretty all much all your profit oh, yeah. into this for seven years. For the most part. For the most part. Yeah. I yeah. mean, uh, so for a while there, we were scrimping, saving, Dave Ramsey style. Um, you know, my wife and I were pretty good on this plan. Uh, she's not a huge spender, um, which makes me not as big a spender. I was a big spender before. <laughs> but, uh, you know, once I had a family. I yeah, gas of, and a Silverado. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> So Ouch. kind of rein the spending in, but, um, but yeah, so yeah, but yeah, you basically income snowball it up. And, uh, as you're, as you build that income, your excess cash flow per month, it's, that's the snowball. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's, and then reinvest that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. So I'm trying to remember. So that would be, 
uh, what, what do you call that internal rate of return? Mm-hmm. They got yeah, that right. Yeah, okay. Exactly. Yeah. I'm sorry. I had to dig yeah. there for a second. <laughs> well, you, you talk about all the ways real estate makes you money. It's yeah. uh, cash flow, um, the rent every month, the, the principal pay down, they're paying off your loan for you. The, uh, uh, appreciation because rents go up. So your, uh, the value of your apartment building goes up or your single family home appreciates. Over long term, it's going to some amount. Yeah. For, for people listening, we're talking on the scale of a lifetime. Okay. Not necessarily just yeah, 10 not, years, not, right? Yeah, not a few years. Yeah. And, and don't bank on it, but nine years out of 10, it's going up. Yeah. So um, the tax savings uh, help the snowball, the income snowball. Yeah, big time. Um, yeah, it's all those ways. If you add all of those up, it's way more than the 20, 30% range. Yeah. And you get to write off against other earned income too. Like free. It's nuts when you look at it. So if you're, especially if you're in a higher tax bracket, Mm -hmm. you start stacking up some single family homes or some apartments. You Mm -hmm. can, you can reduce your, your tax by like 30%. And that adds up too. I noticed that early on. Like, holy cow, this is fantastic. Yeah. It's called depreciation. Mm -hmm. You're like, damn, like, look at that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, uh, and the leverage on it, the interest that if you, if you buy them cash, you don't have that interest. So it takes some of the benefit away. So that even if you have the money to buy a property cash, I would, I would leverage it, you know, you're pretty conservative too. So you're like a 20% down kind of guy, right? And honestly, most banks make you anyway. Yeah. You're so not going to have on, a choice. <laughs> on investment real estate, they make you anyway. Yeah. But, um, yeah, the cash flow has to make sense. Yeah. So that, that's how I like to see it is get your financial house in order, debt snowball it, then income snowball it. Mm. So then, uh, quit if you don't like your job. <laughs> And buy a Corvette. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> All cash. Yep. Did you buy yeah. a new one or a used one? It's uh, 2008, so I bought it in 15. Another fist bump. <laughs> You're like, oh, no, somebody else is going to take yeah, that, exactly. right? Yeah, exactly. So about half of the sticker price, a guy that drove it 15,000 miles in seven years. So that's a original owner. So it's in good shape. Very good. Shape. He loved that car. Yes. Why did he sell? He bought a new one. Okay. So, <laughs> He's tired he, of this one. <laughs> he had a hundred grand to put in the new one. That's a pretty cool car too. Hundred grand, boy! I bet that is nice. Mm-hmm. What is this? Um. So you have a a list of books here. Why don't you Why don't you tell everybody this list? Because it's all right. I'll, I've read some of these, and some of these I'm gonna have to go read. So. Yep. Uh, the first one was a millionaire real estate investor. It's all the ins and outs. Uh, Highly recommended. This is my number one book. If you want to learn real estate investing, read this. It'll blow your mind and um, it's fantastic. So um, from a real estate mindset, it, it helps you understand the ins and outs of why you want to do it. And it really helped guide my strategy uh, with the single family houses. And then eventually, I didn't realize that at the time, apartments. Uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, uh, any real estate guy that you ever talk to seems to recommend this. Perennial. Yep. So um, that is, uh, the the main things I would say learn in in that one is, uh, you know, the tax strategies. Um, When you have rental real estate, it's pretty much tax-free. If you're self-employed, you pay the highest taxes. You have to pay both sides of the Social Security taxes, and your taxes are humongous when you're self-employed for with earned income. So passive income's different story. But uh, if you're self-employed, 
taxes are pretty high. Yeah, dude, it's crazy what they do. Mm-hmm. I'll never figure out why earned income is taxed like twice as high <laughs> totally as passive agree. income. Totally you know, agree. it's it like makes no sense whatsoever. And you think about it, who has the passive income? It's the people with a lot of money. Yeah. So they're giving the people with a lot of money tax breaks. I mean, they're providing rental real estate, which is needed, but. Still, it's it's going, Still. it's going to the high income. Yeah, it should at least be the same, probably. Yeah. I'm glad it's not. <laughs> yeah, hey, I'm not gonna. I don't think there should be any tax. I'm on the other side of that. But yeah, yeah. you're gonna have it. Yeah, it's it's a messed up system, mm-hmm. but use it to your advantage. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. you should know the rules so you can win. Yeah, you got it. Um, the next one's the complete guide to buying and selling apartments. That's the one I talked about uh, from Steve Burgess. He his. Uh, it is a complete guide to buying and selling. It's uh, tells you how to buy, how to how to sell, how to analyze the finances. Really, uh, analyzing the finances is the biggest. It, it's the it's the biggest deal in probably foreign most foreign part yeah. of of buying this. And the funny thing is, twenty people can sit down, hear the numbers on this apartment deal, um, and usually they give them to you piecemeal like here's my gas bill here's the, <laughs> i mean so you get a stack of paper um or emails or however you get it you have to put all that together and say okay what what is this building worth 20 people are going to get 20 different numbers everyone's got a different cap rate that they're willing to pay um depends on the area the how old the building is things like that to me that's what i really like about apartments the values are all over the place, which means there's a lot more opportunity to make some gains on that. Absolutely. If you don't know what you're doing, there's the flip side, right? Yep. But, um, I've heard it described. So Dylan Barlin said that commercial real estate's like wolf eat wolf eat wolf baby. <laughs> <laughs> That's a funny way to put it. Yeah. He's a highly competitive, mm-hmm. watch your back, and, yeah. but lots of opportunity in that. Tons yeah. Of so yeah. dangerous, mm-hmm. but know what you're doing so that's a good book right yep fantastic book uh the next one i've got here is 48 days to the work you love by dan miller um personally i really like this book because um i don't recommend investing in real estate and quitting your job right now Uh, i hate my job i don't want to i don't want to do it i'm quitting right now yeah no don't do that i want to quit in a place of strength so what this does um it's a really methodical book uh, about how to get into a job that you're going to like and make good money. So it's not, I'm going to go volunteer at this veterinarian place and make $5 an hour because I like what I'm doing, but then you can't pay your bills and you can't eat. Right. So, but this book, it's, you know, it talks about your interests, uh, what you're good at, um, and really kind of focuses you into what something that you're going to be good at and enjoy doing. Then you're going to have a little more patience to stick that job out while you're building that income snowball and working your debt snowball, all of that. And uh, your life is so much better. I read this book and moved from my old automotive job to Brembo. I was an engineering manager at the old place, had about 23 people when I quit that job. Stressful as all could be. The company wasn't doing very well. I like engineering. I, like, I do like automotive. But uh, this new job, I'm a program manager now. Um, almost the same pay, very, very close. I don't have anyone working for me directly. Um, I get to do more of the fun stuff and less of the not fun stuff. The managing that many people, about 1% of my time was engineering and the rest was managing people, which I don't mind, but 
Um, I yeah. just didn't. Stressful. Stressful. Managing, that, managing humans is really a terrible thing, it's right? It's hard. Yeah, it's, it's like hard. herding cats. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> You'd think it'd be easier to get adults to do what they're getting paid to do, right? But it's it's actually not. Like, I suck at it. I can't do it, right? It's it's tough. It's I can't tough. even imagine doing 23 of them. <laughs> this guy working doesn't like working with that guy. Yeah. That, that lady said something about this lady. Oh, my God. You drive um, me crazy. I just started hearing this. What did you say to this? Like, just shut the fuck up and do your work. That's why uh, Jeremy you have to sucks. Be PC, super PC. Oh, my God. Um, I thought know, I was paying you to do this work, exactly. not bitch, right? Yeah. And the crazy excuses you hear for people not coming in and uh, just the funny, funny stuff like that. But I think, I really do think that helped me manage uh, property managers now. So, working with people, managing people like that now. <laughs> that's funny. So um, I, I think that's come in handy. That was training. Yeah, interviewing tenants. So I, was, I used to hire people and interview people. So now interviewing tenants, interviewing property managers, I think it's come in handy. But uh, back to that book, I think if you don't like your job right now, um, read that book and it'll it'll point you how to find a job that you'll enjoy more so that you're not, on fire trying to mm. i want to quit today i hate this place yeah that's not good don't do that yeah so like the, my job right now I, I like it i like the place i like the people um it's not that i don't but fifty thousand hours is a lot of time right yeah and hey so, I, I suppose you don't have to quit when the time comes right no, you just have don't have to worry anymore yeah yeah you're taken care of even at this point in time right now my expenses are pretty much paid for so i'm pretty solid so if the layoff wagon comes i'm okay Take a vacation. See, that's what I love about your plan. You can go through life as a victim, just susceptible to the economy, mm-hmm. to your bosses, yeah. to economic finance, global economic finance, and uh, you know geopolitics. Or you can just slowly take control of your life, one book at a time, one yeah, thing at a exactly. time, and then seven years later, you're flirting with potential retirement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's pretty compelling. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. So the, and the reason I love these books is, you know, a 10 and $20 book. Good look investment. Look at the ROI on that. Yeah. But then you <laughs> got to read. Yeah. I mean, audiobooks, fine. Right. But uh, a lot of these books have really good diagrams and, um, um, something to fill out. Like, uh, the 48 days to the work you love has, uh, uh, just some questionnaires and things that it's, it's interactive. There are a bunch of questions that they want you to answer personality tests, that kind of thing to see what you're going to be good at. Um, so, but yeah, the, the ROI on your time and your, of course the 10, 20 bucks on a book, uh, can't beat it. No, that's, that, yeah, that's crazy. So like I said, audiobooks are great, but, uh, I still like the real books because, uh, You'd be really missing out, like the millionaire real estate investor. If you get the audio book, there's a ton of charts, uh, graphs in there, things that are convincing you why this is good or what you want to do. Um, so I would get both, really. If that's uh, what I do, yeah, I do both. I, I listen to it at least three times, and I try and read it three times. Ah, there you go. So, well, man, I, I have ADD so bad sometimes. I don't talk about it a lot, but like paying attention. 
It's a fucking challenge, man. <laughs> to the audio or to no the, to anything, book? right? Yeah. Like I'm like, huh, bird. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm yeah. good for four or five hours a day, and then after that, I'm like, what was that? Sure. Like, like anything but what I'm doing. Right? So you pick up a lot in that second time. Through. I have okay. to, yeah, yeah. I just have to do, and then I read so fast, like, and I find myself skipping whole pam. Like, what am I doing? Like, Not just slow it in. down, yeah. Jeremy. Sure. So you. I do both, yeah. you know, yeah. and I can listen easier than I can read. So a lot of times I listen to it three, four, five times. Sure. And then I'll go back and read it. And yeah. then it's a lot easier for me to slow down. It's like, good. oh, that part was interesting. And I'll yeah. slow down. Yeah, that's good advice. If you have, the, So if you're like me and you're like, oh, bird or butterfly or <laughs> whatever, maybe try try that approach. Yeah. Do it. Yeah, you do have to buy it twice, but at least you actually read it instead of doing what you probably normally do, which is buy the book, set on the shelf and exactly. never look at it yeah, again. Exactly. So. <laughs> yeah, and for me, I have about a 45, 50 minute drive each way. Um, so I found a better job that I like, but it's, uh, you know, 10 minutes further from my house. Uh, but I use that time to listen to podcasts like yours, um, audio books, uh, that Lifestyles Unlimited podcast, things like that. Yeah, I'm definitely going to listen to that one. That guy sounds like that sounds like the real deal yeah. right there. I mean, you wouldn't buy damn it have to it has to work. You wouldn't buy apartments. Yeah. So. Yeah, it teaches you how to do it. And uh that, that Del Wamsley, he's so motivating. Uh can't tell you how many times uh I listen to that and fires me up. Okay, I'm doing this. Uh, yeah, so literally makes- seven years from the time you started, look what you're Yeah. Dude, I'm ten years into this. That's sobering. Mm-hmm. Sobering. Sure. I can't I can't say I'm 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 necessarily proud of it, you know, but I did not think that that's the problem. That's really the problem between thinking in quarters mm. and thinking in quarters of centuries. Sure. True. It could really cost you a lot of time. And True. it and it did for me and I didn't make good financial decisions because of it. Uh, you're going to get older, folks. Just apply a little time. Sure. So, and a lot of people are going to laugh at me, and then some people are going to be like, oh, "I know exactly what you're talking That's about." Absolutely, yeah. True. It, a Blink. lot of us fall in that trap, man. Blink your eyes; it's five years later. It's gone. Mm-hmm. Not getting back either. Yeah. So, when they ask you, "Where do you want to be in five years?" That's well, a great you're question. About to blink your eyes. Uh, yep. So, where do you want to be? Yep. Better. Right. That's where I want to be, exactly. Brad. Better. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. And so that's a cool thing about doing the podcast is I, I literally am forced to be in front of somebody every week, usually doing significantly better than I am. That's like a compare and contrast that you can only stand for so long before you start making some changes in your life, right? It's motivating. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, but yeah, that, that kind of rolls into, I would say, uh, well, the what color is your parachute? Um, I don't know if you've heard of that one. I ne- I've tried to read this book so many times. Oh, really? I couldn't get through it. It's, yeah. To me, uh, that it's very similar to the 48 days book. Um, it's about finding a, it's more about finding a job. It, um, uh, there's a, there's a few activities in it. Uh, there's this flower diagram where you, what are you good at? Where do you want to live? Um, how much money do you need to make? Um, what's your education? things like that. And you, you fill this thing out. And then in the middle, um, it guide, it says here are the top three or four types of job that you should go after. It, it kind of focuses you on that. Um, but it's, I'd say it's in the same category as the 48 days, just with a little bit different spin on it. So both of those had helped me find jobs that made my life better Yeah, along the years. But, uh, back to what we were talking about, uh, the compounding over time, so the the slightest edge by Jeff Olson and the compound effect by Darren Hardy. 
that it's about doing little things every day towards towards your goals. You know, so if I want to buy a house in three months, what do I have to be doing now? It's I need to be looking for a house. And my finance are my finances good enough to go after one? It's uh, it it really shows you that compounding of effort too. You know, it's not just a compounding of your money and uh, the compound of your effort is uh, is humongous. So it it kind of goes back to that uh, overestimating what you can do in a day, yeah, but underestimating what you can do in a long time. I feel like we all do this, right? Absolutely. I'm terrible about this. I, I I'm getting it all done today. Me too. Oh. Yeah. Put a list in front of me. Okay, I can do all that today. No. Eh, no. no. <laughs> but if you do it uh, over a year and put all that on there, um, most people underestimate that year way over us. I, I oh, yeah. too. I, oh, yeah. I still do it every day. Oh yeah. I think, I think <laughs> it's just day. part of being a space ape on a rock mm-hmm. flying around a nuclear explosion, right? Mm-hmm. We are prone to errors in time calculation, you know? Exactly. But then that's where priorities come in. So, uh, that Del Wamsley, he talks uh, a lot about the story of, uh, the big rocks. You know that one? No, no. It's, tell uh, me the story. So, yeah. uh, there's this professor in front of a class. He's got a he's got a jar in front of him. He puts uh, a bunch of rocks in there. Said, uh, "Okay, class, this this jar's full, right?" Everyone, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, it's full now. He pulls out some smaller rocks. Puts some smaller rocks in there. Fills it to the top. Okay, everyone, is this is this glass full? Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Okay. Pulls out some sand. Sprinkles the sand in there. Fills it up to the top. Okay, now it's full, right? Everyone's, yeah, yeah, it's full. Glass of water. Pours the glass of water in there, fills it up to the top. Um, you know, basically, uh, every time you think your life is full, you know, you can fit more in there. But the the problem with that is uh, if you if you start with the wrong things first, pour the water in there, and then the little rocks. You can't get the big rocks in there. So the big rocks, the important things in your life, put them in first. So prioritizing, you you need to put. You know, what comes first? It's uh, having dinner with my family today. That's a that's a big rock. That's got to go in first. It's um, analyzing five deals today, uh, you know, like when I was doing the apartment things. that That's huge because it's going to get me 50,000 hours. That's a big rock. Um, so That's priority. a huge rock. Yeah, yeah. That's like half your life rock, right? I agree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Um, or at least a third. They might have some pretty cool stem cell technology, right? It might <laughs> not be half anymore. True. You could buy a lot of cool medical stuff. At mm-hmm. the rate they're going with the money you're making. Yep. Yep. So prioritizing, it, it's a kind of a good way to look at what do I need to do today? You know, everyone's got a different way of looking at it. Three things I need to do today. It's boom, boom, boom. If, if I don't get anything else done today, I need to get these three done today. So that was a, you know, it's a good mental picture of you can fill your life up with crap. Like, you know, I was on Facebook all day. What what did that game? That is an excellent point. Nothing. How many times have, have we done that? We oh, just, how many hours? Yeah, just killed them. Yeah. Like we're going to get a second chance at this thing, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Literally just bumbling through life, wasting it. It's so amazing how you can sit down and you're looking at Facebook 30 minutes later. Holy crap. <laughs> Or YouTube, dear God. Yeah, right. Oh man, I, I don't. I try not even to open the YouTube anymore. It's like, dangerous. Oh, click, 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 click. Two and a half hours later, what Dude, am I doing? I haven't done that time. in a long time. But yeah, 
There's probably a thousand, fifteen hundred hours at the bottom of the YouTube barrel somewhere, <laughs> right? That probably yeah. could have been better spent with big rock stuff. Yeah, exactly. Think about our whole country. Yeah. Like how many hours are just <laughs> We in could that. probably like cure cancer. <laughs> exactly. Nope. Gonna no. YouTube. <laughs> Watching this cat roll around. This the... cat is so cute. It's so good. <laughs> hey, I'm I'm mocking it, but I've done it. Me I, too. And oh, I'm probably yeah. still gonna go back and do it. Oh yeah. It's, right it's, before it's, I get it, you're like, it's oh, addicting. Yeah. So I'll send you that cat video. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy, check this out. Oh man, yeah. See, that's a problem. You click on it. So YouTube's got that autoplay, nah, one right uh, yeah, after the other. Yeah, they sneaky, know it's, isn't it? it's like the pill, right? Oh, you want, would you like more? Yes. <laughs> would you like more? Yes. Good for YouTube. Yeah. You're Good for the advertiser. The one, yeah. In the meantime, to your point, you're filling up your glass with sand before you put any of the rocks exactly. in, right? Exactly. So you, people say they're too busy. I can't do real estate. I'm too busy. And I say. If I can do it, you can do it. I've got a pretty demanding job, got three kids, got a wife that I want to stay with, you know. So, um, and, you know, like right now I've got 28 units of real estate. Okay, but you can't go buy a house or, you know, the the friends of mine that I, I don't have time for that. Give me a break. You yeah. have time for that. That that's the excuse, right? Mhm. Yeah. The excuses like assholes. <laughs> Everybody has one. They all stink. That's right. That's right. I got lots of excuses. Yeah. Yeah. None of them are any good. (laughs) I was, I was at a a real estate party a couple weeks ago and uh, there was this lady. I'm really skeptical about real estate. I just don't think we have enough time. You know, we've got three kids and, uh, you know, demanding job and this and that. I'm like, okay, I have three kids. I have a demanding job and like, okay, lady, what's your point? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It doesn't work. I, we just can't, we don't have enough time for that. And Brad's like, boom, spreadsheet. Look right. at this. There's everything. Exactly. Yeah. That's uh goes to that quote here. Uh, those who say it can't be done should get out of the way of those doing it. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's not like I'm trying to fly to Mars here or anything. Right. It's, but people like that, that say they can't do it. Okay. Well, gets uh better prices for me, I guess. Uh, yeah. Well, what do you think? You, I, See, I, I made a lot of mistakes, but I didn't make that mistake. I knew I didn't have time. I just did it stupid. I did the way you shouldn't do it. I quit my job. I went all in. I bet the farm mm-hmm. twice. Yeah, twice. Oof. Like, why would you do it once when you could do it twice? <laughs> Apparently, I had to learn that lesson. Yeah. I, let the, I let the fox in the chicken pen, too, just to make matters worse, right? Sure. Make sure it's all dead, uh. right? And But what I didn't do was was sit around and wait. Sure. That's a scary thing because I got married. I'm like, how am I going to take care of my wife? And I want kids and I I want all these things. Mm -hmm. And I was frying donuts at a bakery. That was my future. It motivates you, doesn't it? Ah, I was working with these two fucking bitches too, man. You, (laughs) when you were talking to me about all the gossiping thing, Mm -hmm. all they did all day was talk shit about everyone (laughs) else. You knew the second you left. These fucking bitches were talking shit about you, too. (laughs) I don't know if they had a happy moment in the two and a half, three years I worked there. That sounds depressing. And they were there for decades. I'm like, no, this is this can't bail. Eject. I get that. Yeah. Yeah, That makes sense. I was thinking in terms of quarters, which is really disabling. Mm -hmm. But I I got the massive action part out of the Mm -hmm. way. Your plan is way better. (laughs) Well, I mean, yeah, there's some luck in there, too, right? Hey, uh, if we get if we get to count bad luck. We get to count good luck too. <laughs> That's how I feel about it. Like, yeah. cause there's some things you don't get. You get some bad luck in life, right? Mm-hmm. So I figure you get to get to count the good luck yeah, too. Yeah, I'll take yeah. it. 
Yeah, hard work and then a little bit of luck. Like it wasn't good luck that you sold your Corvette and yeah, reinvested that. True. That this that's not true. good luck. Yeah, people right? told me I was crazy. Why are you giving that up? And yeah, it's that's your one thing. Yeah, yeah. No, exactly. I it's got a something car. else I'll get now. One. Yeah, and seven years of deferment, basically. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. That's not sexy either. No, it's not. Here, let's just be real frugal and just eke our way and save mm-hmm. and pile it up. And seven years later, look at you. Yeah. 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 And I, you know what I did? A couple hundred fix and flips. Wow. Not to show for it. Oh man. Nothing to show for it. Well, some knowledge, right? Some bruises and bumps, right? How many units are you at? 28. About that 63. Yeah. Seem to be 91. It's a smarter way to do it. Don't quit your job, folks. Don't, don't do anything like that. Do, do it the way he did it. Yeah. It's it's way smarter. Quit in a position of strength. Right? Yeah. So Put yourself in the best position you can. That's how I've always looked at it. Yeah. I like how you went and got a better job, too. It's like, dude, I'm going to need this thing for like seven to ten more years. Mm-hmm. I should enjoy it as best yeah. I can. And, uh, yeah, that my I enjoy my job so much more than my last one. Uh, the people were great, but it was just, I was working seven to, you know, probably six something every day. Oh, man. You know, now it's more eight to five. Um, not as stressful, enjoy it more, you know, we're working on uh, performance cars. So I'm working on like the Ford GT supercar, the Ferrari kind of car, uh, Shelby Mustangs, Dude, Teslas. That's cool. Um, it's, it's very cool. Yeah. So that, uh, you know, those books that I read kind of guided me towards, uh, you know, putting my mental energy into that and it, it's paid off, you know, I, Working on fun stuff pays pretty much the same. Responsibilities not as much, just way more satisfying. And I can do more real estate. That's right. And you can stack up more dollar dollar mm-hmm. bills, yo. <laughs> that's right. Man, that's I've had a really good time. Was there anything that we didn't talk about that you want to talk about? Hmm. I want to make sure I cover it. I'm gonna, while you're doing that, I'm gonna take a quick look here from my secret spies. <laughs> Make sure I covered uh, um, everything. I do like, which, by the way, these people I talk to say you're. Uh, did you help a lot of people too? So, yeah, I don't hold secrets back. Yeah, so ask me what you want. I'm I'm an open book. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. I feel like a lot of people mm-hmm. um, believe you have to step on the backs of other people, right, and like break other people and dog eat dog to get ahead scarcity mentality instead of abundance yeah have you killed anybody to get a deal you screw anybody to get a deal no 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 i can sleep at night yeah you know i'm fair to my tenants uh the ones that i manage myself and you know pay everyone that i say i'm gonna pay so yeah no you can be totally an open book and still win in real estate yeah so that's where the networking comes in apply time Mm-hmm. So, anything you want? Anything else you want to talk about? Um, I, I guess uh, we got a little bit. Oh, we, dude, I got all the time in the world, man. Okay. Uh, the the quotes that I've got here. Yeah. Um, let's do it. I, I love simple quotes that are motivating like this. You know, I love quotes. <laughs> yes, I do. I do. So I tried to fill it up here for you. Every day I go and look and find another one. Yeah, so. I love it. Uh, so the first one here is leverage is the key to wealth, uh, which I think is really funny because uh, my wife bought me this little black book, uh, which. I always told her I thought it was really cool. I'm, I'm gonna learn. I'm gonna learn one thing every day, and I'm gonna write that in this book. So uh, that was back in '08 when we got married. So I, I had been writing, writing in that, and uh, I looked back in 2012, and uh, 
no, maybe it's 2010. I wrote leverage is a key to wealth. I was reading that in rich dad book or something. And then I went through Dave Ramsey class and they said the exact opposite. So I crossed it out. <laughs> you crossed then I, it out. Then I went through that lifestyles training again and I looked back. Oh, come on. You know what? It is. It is. It is. So I wrote it again. Yeah. Um, so leverage is the key to wealth. It's so true. It's true in money, you know, using loans, to other people's money, loans um, for the real estate to magnify your returns uh, in time. So I pay people to do things now where I was in there with wrenches myself before. Yeah, and we you, all fall for that, right? You can only turn one wrench at a time. You know, you can only do so much at one particular moment in time. So leverage other people's time. It's going to cost you more money, but you can get so much more done at the same time and have a better life. You can always make more money. You're not mm-hmm. ever going to, you don't know how much time you have to. Yeah, you, you're true. not making any more. You've got what you've got. Yeah. My wife really helped me realize that, you know, when I start diving in too deep to a project, she's like, ah, oh, you should really pay some people to do this. And yeah, she's right. She's totally right. What's her name? Lindsay. Lindsay. Good job. Yeah. Thank so, you. You did a good job there. So, You're helping Brad out. Yeah. So she's made me realize uh, the, the value of leveraging people's, other people's time. Uh, and then knowledge. So I'm not a lawyer. You know, if I need someone to read some lawyer talk stuff, then I go ho- hire a lawyer. Um, if I need to build a house, I'm going to go hire a builder, someone who knows how to do it from the ground up. Um, I, I don't think you can, uh, you know, there's that money cost again, but like you're saying it, you pay a thousand dollars to a lawyer to save you a hundred grand that you would have missed in a contract or something like that. So especially in the commercial world, mm-hmm. wolf eat wolf, eat exactly. wolf baby. Yeah. Right. Get, get some wolves, get some people with some spears on your side. Yep. So most of the time when people are talking, leverage is the key to wealth. They're talking just money. And I agree it is, but, uh, the time and knowledge is, is huge too. So, uh, that's a good one. Uh, money is on the other side of fear. People are so afraid to go do something cause they're going to lose their money. I can't put 20 grand into a rental house. I, what if I lose it? What if fear of loss? Yeah. What if it burns down? I say, well, buy insurance. What if no one will rent it? Well, lower your rent 20 bucks, uh, or get a property manager. If, if you don't have one, um, you know, it's, uh, what if the market crashes? Yeah, exactly. Excuse after excuse after excuse. Someone's always going to need a rental house. It's just what, what's the rent going to be, right? Rent's going to go up and down, but someone is going to need a place to stay. So another reason I like real estate, but, um, just that fear of losing, losing their money. Um, I don't know. It's that, you know, kind of goes to the play the game to win, not don't play it, not to lose. Yes. I saw that one when you sent it to me. I have done that. Yeah. Me too. Me too. When I started working, I thought, okay, I'm going to work till I'm 60, invest in stocks. And it's that there's no work in investing in 401ks and all that. So everyone likes that. Um, but you're also playing not to lose, right? So you're putting all that money in there. You're thinking it's safe. And when I retire, when I'm 60 or 70 for a lot of people, um, to me, that's the, the fear way to do it. Um, you know, I'd rather go all in now, because guess what? If I lose every single dollar that I've invested right now, I'm 38 right now. You got time. I yeah. have a good job. I can go get another good job. So, you know, go at it now. Play that game to win. 
you know, or I would regret it the rest of my life. So if I don't go after regrets it now, suck. Yeah, absolutely. So I'd much rather regret doing something and failing at it than not even trying because I couldn't live with myself at that point. That's the thing I learned too. I didn't come from a particularly good family. I came from a family that really stigmatized failure mm-hmm. when really failure is part of the process. Mm-hmm. And the key to succeeding from failure is catching it as soon as you can. True. This is true. Yeah. And instead learning of, from other people's failures, right? Yeah. So don't, if you're failing, stop. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, don't keep going. I know this seems maybe obvious, but quit fast. Yeah. You get, yeah. You, you, I have a real problem with this. There's too. another good book, uh, Quitter. Have you ever read that one? No, I need to because I have a quitting problem, Brad. (laughs) I don't like to quit anything. That's a quitter. Look at that book. I ran two companies like into the fucking dirt (laughs) before I quit. And they still like, Jeremy, it's dead. (laughs) I'm like, oh, yeah, you should have quit. Yeah, really, it's just part of the process. Yeah, definitely. Fail faster. Agreed. Agreed. Or recognize it faster. And cheaper. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that second part, that's yep. really, really Quitter's important. Quitter's a good book for that. Uh, Quitter. I'm yep. going to have to look that up because I could uh, use some Quitter help. Mm-hmm. <laughs> tries to help you realize it before you're, before you're that deep. Mm-hmm. But, yep. Um, let's see. Uh, uh, if you give a house a cookie. I like this one. Uh, what, yeah, what do I, explain this one. Yeah. Um, there's a kid's book called If You Give a Mouse a Cookie. Um, and uh, I, I heard this on bigger pockets. So I'll give some credit on that. But, um, if you give a mouse a cookie, then he's going to want some milk. If you give him some milk, then he's going to want a blanket. If you give him a blanket, he's going to want to sleep at your house. And if he sleeps at your house, he's going to go raid your fridge. It's, it's the one thing leads to another kind of thing where, um, in real estate, if you give a house a cookie, this is good for renovations. Like, I want to tear that wall down. Oh, Look at that. There's yeah. some, there's some ducks back there. There's some pipes. I didn't know about that. So now we have to move the pipes. Okay. So we move the pipes and then, uh, then you realize, Oh crap, the flooring doesn't line up now. Now we need to redo the whole flooring. So you redo the whole flooring and then, uh, you line it up. Well, this flooring doesn't look good with that flooring. So it's the, it's the process of, um, if you give a, if you give a house a cookie, um, you know, it, there's one thing leads to another kind of mindset. I feel like you described the first two thirds of my life right there. <laughs> <laughs> you could, I think you could probably sum up like 85% yeah. of my first 30 years right there. Everyone falls prey to this. Um, like my Corvette is my cookie. Yeah. So I bought a Corvette. Um, oh, I want to put Brembo brakes on it. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> um, I can get the brakes pretty cheap at work, but they don't fit in these wheels and tires. So or they don't fit in these wheels. So I need new wheels, but I need new tires for those wheels. Boom. So, uh, it's good for the economy, Brad. It is. <laughs> you know, and then well, I need brake hoses to go with these. It, it's when you look at something and think, Oh, it's just this little thing. And it explodes into 10 more tasks. Uh, you have to really be careful. Uh, so I, I like that one. It's a, it's a good one that I try to keep in mind of, yeah, what? say no more, right? Exactly. Yeah, yep. say no that's, a lot that's a more. Good way, to, good way to look at it. And the more you say no, the more you can say yes. That's mm-hmm. kind of counterintuitive so too, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. You fill yeah. your life with a bunch of bullshit. Yes, you don't have any room for the good. Yes, yeah. you know, say no more. You're living other people's lives, what they want you to do, right? Oh God, yeah, mm-hmm. dude. There's so many people doing that. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to mention names, but yeah, that is. 
that's a hell of a way to, that's, that's not life. Mm-hmm. You know, that's like a pseudo life, a fake life, like a, like a video game totally life. Agree. That's not the way to do it. Totally agree. Yep. Yeah. There's a, of course, there's another book on that that I like, right? It's called Boundaries. I can't remember who, uh, someone cloud, but anyway, it's about, uh, it's about saying no and, uh, keeping the, the people who are holding you down out of your life and, uh, the people who are encouraging you in it and uh, just saying no to things that you should say na- say no to. So um, that's that's a good one. Um, but yeah, I like how you put that. That's yeah. uh, exactly what the, if you give a house a cookie uh, is saying. Well, yeah, because I learned that one the hard way. Mm-hmm. That one when I had to learn, I think, like 250 times. <laughs> <laughs> you gave some houses some cookies? Oh, man. You, you know, there's a whole, I, I get women, houses, jobs, projects, yeah hobbies yeah like i think you just just cars mm-hmm. like everything yep. I, I, i'm sure if i probably write pages yeah if i'm like wait that that's that is exactly what i did mm-hmm. i'd say boats are uh in that oh category. yeah boats you know so <laughs> you need somewhere to store it you need uh, the gas is insane you heard the you heard the joke on that right which one the happy what are the two happiest days of your life <laughs> When you buy a boat and when you sell it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Totally I have several friends it. with boats. That's what they say. So yeah. I like friends with boats. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. The good that's, friend. That's that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. Friends with planes too, Josh. Thank yeah, you. exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, let's see. So another one I like here is what gets measured gets done. Yes. Um, I know that uh, you talked to Steve Londo about goal setting and things like that. It's changed my life the last uh, year and a half, man. It's huge, isn't it? So you're tracking what you're doing. You can actually, uh, you know, we got kind of a dashboard of, of what you're doing. Um, each, each year I set about 45 goals. Uh, you know, some are about family. So, okay. Some are about being a good husband. Some are about being a good father. Some are financial, some are health, you know? Uh, so you split all those up. And it, you know, it, it want to make those goals, uh, you know, the smart, uh, acronym it's specific. So you need a specific goal. Um, how many houses do you want to buy this year? I don't know. Some, some no. not good enough. No, I no. want to buy three houses. Okay, great. Um, measurable. So it needs to be, uh, I want to be good at whatever I'm doing. That's not measurable. You need something to, to really put your teeth in. Um, uh, you want to be accountable, uh, which, so you need some sort of system, uh, to track. That's why I came actually to the DLA group. Ah, okay. Cause I'm good for like a good four or five hours a day. And then after that, my accountability like drops in double digit percentages every hour after that. And then pretty mm-hmm. soon I'm just staring at butterflies, you know? Yep. Makes sense. So at least you recognize it. Yeah. And then, uh, R is, uh, so reasonable. It needs to be somewhat reasonable. You don't want to say, I'm going to make three, t- $3 trillion this year. Like, okay. Probably aim, not. Aim high, but, <laughs> aim high, but come on now. Warren Buffett doesn't have $3 trillion. He's been doing it for a lifetime, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And then uh, T was the, you have to have a timetable for it. So I want to have three houses by October 1st. I've never heard of this before, by the way. So, this is good shit right yeah, here. I can't remember where I heard that one, but it's a, uh, it's a good way to for goal setting. Specific, measurable, accountable, mm-hmm. reasonable. Yeah, and a timetable. And a timetable. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, when I make those 
40 some goals every year. Um, I try to put that acronym to use on every single one. And then uh, of course I do this in Excel. <laughs> I've got a little, uh, little chart at the bottom, uh, red, yellow, green, like, uh, I've, I've reached half my goals. Uh, so that's green and then red and yellow. Does your wife do this too? Or does no. she just think you're a nut? <laughs> she thinks I'm a nut. Yeah. She thinks I'm she likes the results though, right? Yeah. Yeah. I would hope yeah. so. But you yeah. know, you know, um, I'm waiting for somebody to do because I'm just saying some of us, maybe me, uh, are Excel morons yeah. and, Maybe in another decade, I'll calm down enough where I could actually like learn it. I would like somebody to put together like an app where you can just like put it into your phone and it would just tell you what to do every day. Ah, there you go. And if anybody knows if that app already exists, let us know because yeah. we're not all brads, right? <laughs> you know, because that's huge, right? Is because I'm assuming mm-hmm. that's next, that's right? True. As it gets broken down to, yep. what do I have to do exactly. to get it done in this period yep. of time? Exactly. So next steps on each one of those. Yeah. So you okay? Well, I want to buy an apartment building. What's your next step? Well, look at five listings a day, or uh, look at this broker's website. This broker's website, like every Monday, let's say. You know, so um, I have a next steps thing on there as well. So that's a hell of a spreadsheet. How big is this spreadsheet you got? It's call it 45 goals. It's, it's not that it's <laughs> not one that page. big. It's, it's one page. And then it's got the, you could do anything with Excel. seems like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. you, so. my wife would get along. She fucking loves uh, Excel. I'm like, nice. what, what is this? I don't understand. What is that? I, what just, you guys are all over it. Yeah, Gina, always, can you fix this for me? <laughs> I always get a hard time for, uh, for my spreadsheets, but yeah, I mean, take it. I, if I could trade, if I could trade my mind for yours, I would. It's an expensive lesson to get it to where it's at, and it still has a long way to go. And so. it comes from my work too, right? So, I, engineering, I was doing spreadsheets all the time to design this, uh, you know, this brake pedal in this car, something like that. So, mm. yeah, it, it's another thing where uh, my job has overflowed in into my life. Well, yeah. Cause a lot of, a lot of projects you're doing are take years too, probably. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That helps. Usually three or four years. Yeah. So my job right now is the biggest part of my job is putting a timeline together and, uh, you know, it's a call it a three year timeline and what needs to be done here and here and here and here. So it does help me think longer. Like you were talking about. Yeah. It's not sexy at all, but no, damn. Yeah. <laughs> that's a, that's a lot done. of boring work, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. And, uh, of course I've got some timelines for the, personal life stuff like this uh acquisition we're doing right now got a microsoft project uh, timeline (laughs) i love it man try to be organized so that uh, you don't miss anything well dude you're absolutely right the the more you measure and the more you track it forces you to be organized Mm -hmm. because if you're writing it down yeah what are you gonna do then well you have to so now you need a spreadsheet right and if you have a spreadsheet well what do i have to do is kind of like that actually could be uh, what we were talking about there. Uh, cookie, the house of cookie yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, true. But in a good way, true. right? Like, wait a second, this boom. Yeah. Wait, now what does that mean? Mm-hmm. I just wrote it. One thing it. feeds right. You start measuring things. Mm-hmm. And I can't, my entire life last year and a half has changed. My career has changed. It just kind of exponentially explodes on your life. And then 
you start tracking other things. Wait a second. <laughs> and then, of course, I do what I always do, and I track everything. Uh, that's not sustainable, by the way. <laughs> How many times do you go to the bathroom in a day? Not quite that bad, <laughs> but if I told you the list, it would be people would be like, you were really tracking that, Jeremy? And I'm like, I, well, maybe. I have yeah. some friends like that. I had one friend that... Uh, see if he's listening to this <laughs> like how many times he wore these shoes to like how much it cost him each time he wore that pair of shoes wow yeah you've maybe gone too far of course that's that's too far yeah so how many times did i wear this shirt he had a spreadsheet for that i don't go that far yeah that why would you track that that's like some sort of compulsive i uh, agree well you know what here I am talking this and I, I did not that bad, but I started tracking all sorts of crazy things. Yeah. It does have to be sustainable too, mm-hmm. right? True, true. And I would say if it doesn't fit in your goals, just toss it. It's not yeah. worth tracking, right? Yeah. Not everything's uh, worth tracking. Agreed. And you should purge some of those goals uh, at some point. Uh, or if, you know, if you're going to change directions in your life, maybe that goal doesn't make sense anymore. So um, one thing I've heard people do is, um, okay, these are the, Let's, these are five things I'm going to add to my life this year. Okay, well, what are you going to remove to get those five into your life? Like, what's not working? So a lot of people make goals just to what I want to do. Well, what are you not going to do this year to help you do those things? That's a good point. Because you usually have to sacrifice. You usually mm-hmm. have to give up something Almost to always. get more. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So what, you know, what water and sand, the minutiae, you know, back to that jar example. Or the no, what no's you're going to pass out. Yeah. Yep. To create some rooms for some yeses. Exactly. Yep. So think about what you're going to get out of your life to help get you where you want to go. So to me, one of those things was uh, that job that I was in that was sucking up all of my time. So I need to get that out. Got a better job. Now I can fill my life, the time and stress you know, the energy that I saved, I can go put that to something more effective. That's going to be a good podcast, man. <laughs> Hope so. Yeah. What else you got there? Uh, let's see. Oh, wait, sorry. How do you track yours? Can I get that? What? What track my goals? What? Your, uh, what tracking system do you use? I use Excel, Yeah. a vision board. And that's actually one of the reasons why I came to the delay group. Ah, so you got a KW on it. Yeah, absolutely. So we do our goal. We review our goals quarterly. Okay. And we do it in a group atmosphere and we just mm. finished ours. Ah. Right. So, so accountability in, in the group. Yeah. Accountability to everybody and some social accountability along with some mm-hmm. private accountability yeah. and not just financial either. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah, they, they force us to, where do you want to be kind of like the two year, five year, 10 year, and then they make you visualize it. You put together a vision board. Mm-hmm. And then you're accountable to it a minimum four times a year. And then I use Excel. Ah, okay. So these things are in Excel and they're measurable and they're trackable. So yeah, Yeah, good. It's probably not, it's nothing fancy. Like I can't do charts or anything, but I have the week over here and I got the things I track and Mm -hmm. then I enter it in. I put it in my uh, Grant Cardone 10X calendar Mm, every day. Nice. And then on Sundays, I put it into my Excel spreadsheet. Ah, I like so it. So that's how I do it. I so. like it. Yeah, I'm about weekly. I'm looking at mine too. Yeah. The vision board, uh, I should add that. Yeah. No, I think it's powerful. Um, if you're visual, mm-hmm. not everybody's visual, so it's not it's not powerful. But still, I think it's a good exercise to totally go through agree. mentally. Exactly. Right? Where do you want to be? It makes you think about it. Yeah. And then break it down and not just financial. I didn't think about what you're not going to do, though. So that's interesting a look on it too is okay. What are you going to have to give up to accomplish X? 
maybe mm-hmm. it is nothing, but it's probably something, right? Yeah. TV yeah. or sub, you know, right. something, exactly. right? Or exactly. like you did, um, less, less hours at work, but same similar mm-hmm. pay, right? right? Exactly. So you had to give it up. You yeah. had to go get something before you could move forward. So definitely, I didn't think about it like that. So yeah. it'd be interesting. I could go back and think about what I have to give up to do I it. I got that from that Dan Miller from 48 days to the work you love. He's got okay. a good podcast too. It's a, uh, he's an entrepreneur. Um, and that's a really good entrepreneur. What's the podcast, podcast. called? It's called the uh, 48 days to the work you love by Dan Miller. Okay. So it's named after the book. Okay. Um, it's, it's really good. Uh, entrepreneur kind of mindset, goal setting. Um, Dude, I love podcasts. I'm yeah. going to, I'm going to, I'll, I'll go get it. Yeah. It's a, it's a good one. Yeah. Yep. I listen to so many podcasts. It's crazy. <laughs> like literally do. I probably listen to 25, 30 hours a week of podcasts. It's it's way worth it. Yeah. It, well, it adds up, right? Mm-hmm. When I'm farming and when I'm driving, when yeah. I'm basically tasking. all that air in between tasks, got my earbuds in yeah, and I'm listening. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. You don't need the hundred percent focus to plant a plant, right? No. So. And I'll apply just repetition. That's how I do a lot of things, right? Like I do a lot of grilling, a lot of smoking. If you follow me on Instagram, whatever, yeah. you see a lot of meats, a lot of Facebook, yep. you know, um, there's nothing special there. That's just called 7,000 pounds of charcoal <laughs> Wow! and six years. Wow. You get better. You know, it's yeah. just, you, you just do the thing again and again True. and again and you get better. So I'll listen to a lot of things multiple times Yeah, and I'll do a lot of things multiple times. And yeah, if you keep getting something from it. Yeah. It works for me. At least yeah. when you have a hard time paying attention. So <laughs> I got to, well, I got to run by things a lot of times. I think everyone gains, like if you read a book twice, you're going to catch things in it that, uh, that you didn't get the first time where, uh, like now I highlight things as I go through a book before I, I don't know, for whatever reason, I wouldn't highlight them. I don't want to damage the book. You want to damage the book. <laughs> so, it's your book. It's stupid. I yeah. know. But, um, so now I, I do that. I make a little, uh, on the really important books that I think that are going to affect my life, I'll make a little uh, five-page summary on it. So now, instead of picking up that book, I can read this little five-page summary, pass it out to a partner I'm working with right now. He can get some high-level things out of it. Uh, we can, Dude, do you have a format for this five-page summary? It is so simple. It's, uh, I yeah, title, author, and then all my notes that I highlighted. That's it? That's it. Okay. Yep. The reason so, I ask is something I was thinking about starting in August, uh, August or September was um, a book a month ah, okay. for the podcast ah. where I would pick a book and do something like that. But I hadn't, it's, I'm not saying it's happening, so calm down everybody, <laughs> but it was something I thought if I could do it effectively and I could mm-hmm. come up with some effective way to do it and then essentially just read yeah. that abridged yeah, okay. version and then obviously recommend they go do it themselves. Right. Yeah. I'll send you some, uh, some, I would really appreciate it if you wouldn't mind. Yeah. Cause that, that could be really helpful. Cause if I can do it, cause I'm reading anyway. Mm-hmm. So if I can do it in a time effective way and still add value to people, exactly. I would like to do it if yep. I can. So no promises. This is if I can do it in a time effective manner. Sure. So yeah, I would love to see that. See, this one I love doing a podcast too and asking. That's a great idea, man. Yeah. yeah. How many of those do you have on for books? <laughs> Probably about a dozen right now dude uh, i mean i've got like a couple hundred books at home uh so i'm I'm a big reader have you thought about doing a podcast uh no okay (laughs) this is my first one think about it yeah yeah i like about this is going well yeah hopefully people like it so i uh, think they will light a fire (laughs) i'm there's a lot of value you can add right it'd be i don't think there'd be anybody doing it like you would do it 
So I don't know. Consider it. And I have the equipment too. So if you want to borrow the equipment, get started and all yeah, that, I wouldn't mind. It. I wouldn't mind sharing. So yeah, yeah. Hope, hopefully people like it. Yeah. It's not used. What it was used for seven hours a week. Uh, Plenty of opportunity there. Yeah. So yeah. I yeah, appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Um, just a few more here. Um, spectacular achievement is always uh, preceded by spectacular preparation. Uh, yeah. Um, Especially in your case. Jesus. I, yeah, I mean, this one applies to my life in every way I can think of, too. You know, like when you're getting ready for this meeting, the more homework you've done, the better that meeting's going to go. Um, if there's something you didn't look at before that meeting, that's going to bite you. Yeah. You know, so if you're getting ready to meet the seller of a house and you don't know that there's 10 grand in back taxes, you know, stuff like that, the some preparation goes a long way. So I try to approach most things in my life that way, everything I can anyway. Well, I think you know I do the same thing. I had spies checking on you, Brad. <laughs> I think I know the spies uh, by you, now. You probably do. I do. I <laughs> You've do. narrowed it down to a very, yep. it can't be that many people, no, right? No, you could be able not. to count them on. Yeah, I've got an idea. <laughs> Too funny. Yeah. Um, let's see. But yeah, uh, I really like this. Go as far as you can see. Once you get there, you'll see farther that you picked. Uh, yeah, I really like that. You know, one. just get started. Uh, like Mike Simmons podcast, right? Yeah, I'm good at this part. This yeah, part I got. started. Getting started. I'm good at that. <laughs> okay, make a podcast. Uh, now finish it. Yeah. I'll do it live. <laughs> I just do. Yeah, I just, I just, I start everything. Another way I heard it, and I'm not susceptible to this. So if, if you're listening, I don't exactly know what, what to make of it, but you don't have to back out of your driveway without knowing everywhere you're going. Exactly. There's going to be like, you, you are going to figure, figure it out. That doesn't mean you shouldn't have a plan. Mm-hmm. What if I run out of gas? What if I make a right turn instead of a left turn? Well, worry about it when you get there. Yeah. You, but start. Yes. And yeah. measure. Don't sit on the couch just because you're worried you're going to run out of gas. Yeah. Don't do what I did though. Don't take massive action and then not track everything well. Yeah. That is, you should have anxiety about that because that will lead. That's like driving with your eyes closed. To me, that's uh, this last one here. Make sure your ladder to success is on the correct wall. Yeah. So people that are climbing the corporate ladder, you know, then you get this, say you're a VP now and you have to work 85 hours. Ah, oh, this is success, is it? No. 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 It is not success. So make Kids sure. Kids hate you. Third yeah. wife. Right. 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 Fat. Make sure that ladder's up against the right wall. Yeah. So that's ghost white from never seeing the sun in an office. That would not be winning to me. Not no. being out in the sun. Mm-hmm. Mm. Nope. No time for farming. That does not work for Jeremy. Right. Yeah. Right. So whatever you're, whatever you're putting all your energy and focus in, make sure it's, it's really, really what you want to be doing and towards the goals that you really, really want. So uh, climbing the corporate ladder telling you that's not my that's not the wall i want my ladder on so i want to be an entrepreneur i want to be able to control my time if i want to go on a two-week vacation with my family and not oh man i'm getting a zillion emails i need to do this when i get back to work um i want that time freedom so it's like i'm not afraid to work hard i don't think i'm gonna just sit back till i die kind of thing no of course not but um I security wanna, security i want to control my time so i don't want to have to be at this meeting every three o'clock every week thursday at three o'clock with a uh just a frustrating team that's 
not having fun. Um, or I don't want to have to be told, Hey, you've got to go to China for two weeks on this project. I don't want to go to China for two weeks. <laughs> yeah. You know, so controlling my time or you, or some people, you miss your child's first steps. Mm hmm. Yeah. Their first words. Yeah. Their first recital. And then you wake up and you realize you missed their life. Mm hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Cats in the cradle song, right? Yeah. Why, why did you even, why did you even have kids then? Exactly. Yeah. They're raised by strangers. Yeah. And they don't yeah, know exactly. you and you don't know them. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Then you'll bitch about them when they don't come visit when you're old too. Yeah. Those, yeah. Where are they? Where are these kids that I don't know that I never took care of that exactly. don't know me and they're taking care of me now? Exactly. Well, gee whiz, I wonder why, right? Right. That's some of the saddest shit to me beyond totally. the money and everything else. It's just yeah. a lot. That's, you don't get that back. Mm -hmm. You don't get those first steps back, those yep. first words. Agreed. Yeah. And then uh, for me, my son, uh, so let's uh, take my plan 40. I call it good. Um, my son will be two. He won't remember me having a corporate job, you know? So I, that's kind of crazy. He'll have no idea. <laughs> exactly. Dad just arrived. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, uh, that's, that's motivating to me. So it's kind of awesome in a way, mm -hmm. though, too. Yeah, exactly. You're going to have a lot of time. Hey, you want to go fishing? It's Tuesday at nine o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Now I got all those no's means right. a lot of yeses yeah. now, right? Yeah. Yeah. Sacrifice so. again. I like how this keeps circling back around. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. So Dave Ramsey's live like no one else now so he can live like no one else later, meaning all the freedom, the money. Yep. Time happens anyway. Mm -hmm. That's really the thing. I like you say control time. Yes. It's the only thing we have, right? Yeah. I, I did not value time earlier in this process. No. You know, the turning the wrench on the toilet. You're not alone. No. Yeah. There's a lot of ways to murder time. And actually, I'm thinking I'm going to say that now, murder time, mm -hmm. like you're ever going to get it back. Yeah, that's right? your Facebook and YouTube and everything. Yeah. TV, yeah. Netflix. Right. How much time is murdered on Netflix, <laughs> right? All this yeah. Netflix is going to help me retire young and take care of my family, said mm -hmm. no one ever. Yeah. Well, maybe if you write, if you do the movie. So some exceptions if you can sell the shit out of it, right? Yeah, but true. Don't true. be the don't be the person watching it, wasting your life away in front of it. So yeah, you're probably not learning anything that's gonna really help your life, right? No, I gave up. That's one good thing. I I grew up for a period of time in Europe, mm -hmm. so I wa I stopped watching TV at 13 and just never got in the habit. Oh wow! That's so big. that's one a lot I, of hours. I got a lot of hours back from TV. It does mean on people start talking like socially or culturally. Yeah, you don't know what they're talking about. I have no about. fucking clue, man. But. Somehow I get over that, yeah, right? Exactly. I don't care. Look what I do anyway. I farm, podcast, do real estate, <laughs> play with dogs. You know, yeah. like I don't care. So, <laughs> yeah, totally with you there. Definitely. All right. Now, is there anything else? Uh, just one more here. One don't more. quit when you're tired. Quit when you are oh, done. That's a good one. Um, yeah. Can't remember where I heard that one or even who said it, but um, to me, that's. I think, uh, I think Alan Daniels actually posted that one time. Did he? So that's when, uh, some Facebook, uh, helped me out. That was a good motivating, uh, motivating quote. Um, you know, so I have a pretty bad habit too of like, say I'm doing the dishes and I do 75% of them. Ah, that's Close good. enough. That's good enough. Well, two more minutes and I could be done or, uh, you know, any kind of business thing too. Right. Um, if you get most of the way there, uh, that last little bit is where, where all the, the, 
where all the rewards are. So if you get something 75% done and don't do the last 25%. What's the point? Yeah, exactly. So I almost got enough homework done to buy that real estate, right? But I didn't. So um, I, I use that every every day towards the end of the day. I'm tired, but you know, if I can get these other couple things knocked out, then uh, then I'm gonna do it because it's gonna it's gonna help my life. I have no problem with that. that yeah. I'm good at that part. <laughs> I, I have a hard time stopping. Uh, but, shutting it down. Well, is there anything more satisfying? Especially when you're attempting to live your life without regrets than going to bed exhausted. Mm-hmm. True. I fall asleep in seconds every night. That feels good. Yeah. Satisfying, right? Yeah. And I can't say that was, I did, oh, I always did that either. And that's, that's why. I, so if you, I don't understand people like I had a hard time falling asleep. I'm like, what? I don't even understand. Totally agree. Wake up earlier. Totally that problem agree. will solve itself. Yeah. Do some more shit. Start working out, True. right? What are you doing? Exactly. Yeah. I think my dad. Uh, instilled that in me. Uh, some guys that he used to work with would always say, I cannot believe how much your dad gets done after he gets home every day. Uh, so that kind of had an imprint. Your dad's getting shit done, huh? Yeah. Getting after it. You name it. He's, uh, he's building a shed. He's, uh, you know, fixing this up. He's making an addition. He's, you know, um, financially he wasn't, uh, by any means, uh, pushing me in the exact direction I want, but work ethic. Holy cow. Yeah. Yeah. Can't beat it. That's the one, that's the one thing good I can say about my dad work ethic. Mm-hmm. That is very valuable. I look around at some people and even in way better starting out way better situations in life. And with that work ethic goes a long way. Definitely. I had a good example on how to work, how to work hard and, and work for a long time. So you can focus it in the right way. Yeah. That's the problem. Nobody's going to beat you. Yeah. Well, like a hurricane in the right direction. <laughs> right. Exactly. If a you can hur- focus that hurricane. Just push, push it towards your goals instead yeah. of towards World of Warcraft. I think Joe was <laughs> joking right. about that. When he's, uh, we have a new hire, Chad, uh, 22. He's like, I'm not talking any shit. I was like the best World of Warcraft player when I was 22. <laughs> and I started thinking back what I was doing when I was 22. I was like, yeah, nothing good. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I was, I was squandering my time like I had a million years, right? Me too. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Nope. I'm old. <laughs> no time left. Yeah. Get took, after it. Took me till when I was about 30 and got married uh, to kind of get my act together. Yeah. Marriage does it. It does. Like, like when someone relies on you. Oh, yeah. Um, you got three kids too. Yeah, so you got exactly. a wife and three kids. Yeah. When I got married, I felt that responsibility to, to her and uh, to us to kind of think about what I'm doing more. And then first kid, another paradigm shift of what am I doing? You know, like uh, I need to be a good role model. Yeah. You have another human being to care Mm -hmm. for now forever. Right. Yeah. Yep. So big responsibilities that kind of, uh, but life milestones, you always hear people say it, but you don't like when I was 20 and Oh yeah. When you get married, uh, you'll, you know, uh, buckle down on your finances or okay, whatever. Yeah. No, whatever. I'm buying a Corvette. <laughs> well, you know, most people we're sitting here talking like, and most people don't. Mm-hmm. This is true. They just keep doing the same thing. That's not working. No. Yeah. That's the crazy part. I felt it though. I felt yeah. like I had to make a change too. Like I had to step up. I didn't do it in the best way, but I, I made a massive change. I felt it. I can only imagine what it's like once you have kids. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah. 
that's probably motivating too, it right? It is. Yeah. You get after it every day. Yeah. Just wait. Daddy. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Did you win today? I can't remember who said that. They don't care. What did you, did no. you, did you win? It might've been a Grant Cardone thing, right? Did you win or lose today? Your kid doesn't give a fuck, right? Like, yeah, exactly. You better come home winning, right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> my kids, uh, like, uh, my four year old, she's daddy. Do you have to go to work tomorrow? Yes. Oh, like to me, I'm like, uh, I wish well, I could tear just my heart stay out. at home and play with her. And you know, um, so that's, that's what I, the time freedom. I can't wait to, do you have to go to work tomorrow? No. <laughs> You're going to want the iPhone 17 <laughs> and I'm going to have the money for it. But I'm going to say no. <laughs> but, but no anyway. <laughs> it's not the money, but no. You can have my hand me down. Right. Uh, uh, that's what you could have. Yeah. When you're 25. <laughs> 35. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> right. 35. You yeah. get married at 45. Yeah. Oh man. I had a great time. Um, is it, is there yeah. anything else? No, that's uh, we hit them all. That's it, man. This is an awesome podcast. Thank you so much, Brad. I really appreciate it. Um, I'm not going to out the people, but thank you too for <laughs> suggesting it and give me some Secret background. Spy. Secret spies, yep. you came in handy. Yeah, um, folks. I want to thank my guest, Brad. I definitely recommend you check him out. Send him an email, Brad B R A D T A C I A at gmail.com hit him up on his phone 248-881-4570 cool guy you can also meet him at the uh at tom and aaron's metro detroit yep. meetup you go yep. to those semi-regularly uh, a couple months yeah yep. yep. do you go to any other meetings or is that about i don't do the mrei anymore not that um, no i wasn't getting as much you know they really don't do anything well mostly yeah uh, mostly uh, there's one in August, uh, Saturday workshop I'm going to. All right. So just, there you go. Just for fun. You might be able to bump into them yeah, there. True. Um, I definitely need to check yours out one of these times. That's all right. But I want to. It's hey, like, we record the great. meeting too, right? So yeah. we have the meeting recorded. You can attend virtually. I'm actually going to start live streaming it too. Ah, that's cool. Yeah. So we're going to, we're going to do some cool new stuff to try. I'm all trying, right. I'm going to try and engage as many people as possible. Yeah. Basically, whatever, kind of like we were going back before, whatever your excuse is, I'm going to blow it out of the water. <laughs> I like it. I can't be there. Listen to it. Yeah. I can't listen. Watch it on Facebook. <laughs> I Pull it up on YouTube. I like I, it. You're running out of excuses pretty fast. Yeah, no excuses. I don't have any money. I don't charge any money. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any time. Play Brad's episode and yeah. listen to about how you do have time. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, you, you have more time. Excuses are going to run them, folks. Oh, that's awesome. Awesome. All right, guys, if you enjoyed this podcast and find it helpful, help me out, rate on iTunes. And by the way, to the 28 people who have done so, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. All of you, except for one, gave me five out of five, which I think is maybe a little generous. And one of you gave me four out of five, which is probably more accurate, maybe even three out of five. Either way, it really does help. And I really do appreciate it. Also, if you wouldn't mind sharing it, Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram, all that stuff shared. It really helps. The podcast is in an interesting spot. I never expected it to actually take off. This podcast was started so I can get out of having a speaker at the meeting. And here we are coming up on our one year anniversary here in a couple of weeks. And it's way too big to do nothing with, but it's not big enough to, to keep it the way it is. So help me out folks. If you like this and you want to see more, Share it. We're coming up on 10,000 listens. Um, it's double when you include um, 
uh, iTunes downloads, but I, I don't because not every download necessarily is a listen. So, and actually, folks, if you have any help for me on how I can track this better, um, I would like the more accurate way to be able to track. I'm using SoundCloud right now, and they have some interesting tracking tools, but really, you'd be surprised how little I know about this and, and what I get done. So, any help you guys have for me, I appreciate it. If you have any comments or suggestions, go to renegadedetroit.com. If you're interested in attending any of the local meetings, go to meetup.com forward slash renegade Detroit investors or facebook.com forward slash Detroit Investment Club. And if you do that, the Facebook one, I almost every day I post a quote there. So somewhere between 4.30 in the morning to 10.30, depending on how busy my day is and when I remember to do it, I'll post a quote there too. You can hit me up um, on Twitter and Instagram at Jeremy Burgess, and I'm on Snapchat at Jeremy A. Burgess. Go to youtube.com forward slash user forward slash Detroit Wholesalers. And as I wrap up this podcast, I do want to take a moment to encourage you to take the steps you need to become financially independent. Your excuses suck. I don't want to hear it, man. Time's going to happen anyway. You're, you're going to blink your eyes and be 10 years older. Whatever sucky shit you have to do to get there, just start doing it. Pick a goal. Do one thing at a time. Stick with it. Don't give up. If you fail, get back up. It's part of the process. Do something every day that gets you closer, even if it's one step. And I want to thank you for listening. I really do appreciate your attention. You guys have made this podcast really take off. And until I catch you next week, crush it.